Ladies and gentlemen, this is FFFGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast. Should I take away the KOF uh, segment? I'm assuming you didn't get to play, right? Hell no, nah, man. They hit me with the, you gotta pay $9.99 for this ass, boy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I guess we'll leave it. We can't really talk about it, but I mean, we, yeah. we can talk about the fact that we can't play it, so good job. <laughs> there was like, you know, Shermie's dump truck ass ain't cheap, man. <laughs> you know what I was saying? I was saying uh, Hollywood conspiracy theory. I was like, I wonder if that was intentional to get the people who right. do have PlayStation Plus into the game to not kill the servers because if there was going to be overload or whatever and then like on sunday they'll let all right here's all you free people <laughs> yeah dude but then they should just do like a, they should have just done like a closed beta if they were you know sometimes i feel like that's a good idea i think grand blue did it and it was a smart idea i mean it's a better way to control some of that like that volume the last two have been terrible uh yeah. both strive strives beta was so bad they had to put out another one uh-huh. All right, here we are, FGC Hollywood episode 39. Welcome back, everybody. We have returned for yet another week. That's three straight so far since a four-month hiatus. We're on a three-week streak, so that's good. Uh, yeah. Appreciate everybody who has been sticking with us uh, with your fighting game news topics, boomer opinions. We're really known for those, so those are fun. Uh, <laughs> everything else in between. And uh, if this is your first time listening, again, welcome. Glad to have you. To introduce ourselves, my name is Max Splicer. I'm one half of this program, and I'm joined by the second half of this program. Not Pringle the two, not Pringle the only, <laughs> but by Pringle the one. Pringle, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good, man. I just watched this hilarious uh, animal documentary about kangaroos. I just want to say this right quick. The pouch of a kangaroo is nothing what I thought it was. You know how in media it's like a, like a, like a pocket? Mm-hmm. No. It's like... It's like they, it's almost like an open, like organ. It's like a cave with like blood and, and like meat. It's, it's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. I saw that and then like, and it's funny because the kangaroo's head, you probably like. <laughs> Ew, I did not know that. I didn't know that either, man. Did you, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a pretty good, funny thing. I learned a lot about kangaroos. With it. Man. But that's all I wanted to all say. Right. It, was, it was pretty funny. All right. Well, now I won't be able to sleep. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, excellent. Well, that's that's a good tidbit to start the show. We got a lot to talk about. Breaking news right before we start recording. I had to like uh, speed run my show notes real quick before I went upstairs to turn off the oven. Um, so I come back down here. But uh, before we get that going uh just a reminder to our listeners as always uh you can support fgc hollywood if you are enjoying the show if you're not enjoying the show you know you don't have to support anything you could uh dm me on twitter about how i have whack takes but it's okay (laughs) (laughs) um but you can visit our patreon page patreon.com slash forward fgc hollywood where where patrons receive priority for questions that we're going to read at the end of the show called hollywood mail um, as well as our supplemental bi-weekly podcast, which I recorded the first episode for, Content in the FGC. Um, I'm planning on putting a little clip of that podcast on the YouTube channel uh, to kind of give people an idea of what that podcast is about. It was That one It was basically uh, TMP, but not as emotional. Like, I remember, I don't know if you used to, you used <laughs> to listen to the Maxbox podcast back when I used to. Probably. Um, it's a TMP. It's on 49, man. <laughs> like, yeah. yo, we getting emotional in there. <laughs> not, not as bad as that, uh, but 
<laughs> it was just me talking about content in the FGC, and it was fun to do. Next week, I think, we'll do FGC Hollywood Plus Episode 2, and I'm having a Hollywood guest to talk about Final Fantasy XIV and why the FGC loves that game so much. So that'll be fun. And that will be on on YouTube. Um, I'm not going to put the interviews uh, behind the paywall because the FGC is too small for that. You have to have that stuff free. Um, the extra stuff can be behind a paywall because that's just extra for people that support the show. Want to give them something special. So um, that's all you get for well, you get other stuff with Patreon. But for the most part, that's uh, that's what we got planned. Now we can get to the show if i can work a computer but let me do this first because i am bad there we go sorry um all right pringle i noticed right when we got on camera you got a haircut i got a haircut haircut boys how about that yeah <laughs> i freaking i just get a blade and i run a uh, zero or whatever on one of my head man that's it man i've been doing this for like the last almost like basically like two years since COVID. Nice. i used to get like my cut at a barber shop, but I I miss it because he would do my beard, man. Mm, I like my beard getting done. Nice. I felt like one of those one of those chicks. I got my nails done, got my hair dead, ooh, feeling good, you know, but I, I can't get my beard really. So I just brush it and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I just run to zero and I'm good, man. I don't care no more. I'm just waiting till I get bald, man, right. and I can save more money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm on I'm on my way to I can't do the zero cut because I have like a really bad widow's peak. So oh, it, yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. It, shows, yeah. it looks even worse when I do the zero cut. I used to try it. I was like, all right, I already lost all my hair. Let me just go crazy, <laughs> right? But like it just looks too bad. So now I'm just trying to maintain whatever I have left on my hair. <laughs> And eventually, when it gets really bad, I'll just have to do everything, and hopefully, I'll I'll have yeah, to like yeah, maintain man. it. Where, you know, you, you gotta shave every day almost. Yeah, you gotta join the uh, bald group club, mm -hmm. man. The bald beard the bald club. Beard. That's all the hair goes away here, but we make sure to keep it here. Right. <laughs> that's the that's like you know who who made that really famous. Um, at least for our era, was Bruce Willis, where like he lost his hair, right, yeah. put a beard on, uh -huh. and everybody still loved him. But you know who doesn't sport <laughs> yeah, a beard yeah. is The Rock, and he's been bald forever, and everybody loves The Rock. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Something about that. It's all saw those muscles too. Yeah, that that's true. It's like it's all his body's probably bald too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he said he takes like three showers a day or something like that, or like four showers right. a day. Yeah, something crazy. I mean, when it's hot for me, I, I could take up to two to three. That's for sure. Yeah. But it's probably because he works out. Yeah. And he takes a shower after before all this crap. Yeah. That is exactly what he said. Um, but yeah, we got a pack show, but before all that, I sprained my ankle last week, um, mm. doing, oh, no. I, I was, I was working, I was trying to get around the structure and I fell, we were in the woods and I fell mm. because I couldn't see that there was like a burrow, like a hole. Um, and there was like twigs and leaves, you know, it's fall. So all the leaves are falling. So I thought it was solid ground and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I mm. stepped and immediately mm. my foot went four, four feet straight down oh, and I, man. I twisted my ankle. Um, it sucked. Dude, I tried to put weight on it the next day. I was like, oh, not going to work. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. So I've been recovering. Uh, it's doing better now. But man, you know what's, this is how I know I'm old. I used to be able to just walk off stuff like that. Obviously, when it first happened, I walked it off because adrenaline's pumping, right? You don't really feel it. Yeah. But after a day, I was like, oh, that wasn't good. <laughs> but if I was like 24 instead of 28, I, I think I could have gone to work the next day and been like, yeah, whatever. It's kind of sore. But um, 
dude, I could not put any weight on that foot <laughs> when I woke up. I was like, yeah, that's a, this is a call-in day. <laughs> it could depend, I guess. I wouldn't say your age is too much into that realm where it's, it gets a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. I think like 25 is really past that, but it also depends on like the severity of how you kind of snap your ass up. Because like if you fall into a hole and it like clack, 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 it's like, you know, yeah. that might be it, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying that sometimes uh, ankle sprains are so bad, it's better to just break your ankle because that's easier to recover from. <laughs> like the, the, You can have a sprain that'll last, that'll, like will give you like sharp pains for a whole year mm-hmm. versus a break while you recover in a few months. So, yeah, I mean, right now, man, my hand is still hurting, dude. Like, and it's been four months. I'm finally going to somebody that like checks out hands. I don't, I don't know what the hell's with my hand, but man, this thing still hurts, dude. Like, I'm telling you, and it's been a solid four months, and I'm like, oh my god, man, dude. I'm like, I don't know if I'll like need surgery, or I don't think I need surgery because I have full range of motion. Mm-hmm. But like, who knows, man? They're gonna, they're gonna have to do something. I do think they don't they say that ligament tears um if it is a ligament they those take forever to uh-huh. heal like they're really slow healing um Yeah, it could yeah, it could be something like that where it's uh cuz I know it goes it goes like something like muscle, tendon, ligament, bone, something mm-hmm. like that or somewhere around that case but like yeah, it could be one of those cases where whatever I tore is probably like much deeper than just a muscle sprain. Yeah. Cause, but the good thing is though, an ankle sprain isn't usually so bad because like your ankle, I guess your legs are a bit uh, stronger, mm-hmm. so it might not take as long as long as you do the right things. But you should be good after like a week or two. Yeah, what they usually say. It's been four days. I feel fine. Um, I still elevated mm-hmm. and put ice on it, but that's been the trick. Just uh, elevation, ice. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Rice. I think that's what it's yeah. called. Yeah, rice. Uh-huh. That, that's what it's called. Like, who's talking about what rice like that? I don't like that in my food. <laughs> no. Shout out to, to Jam in Discord. He actually mentioned that. Yeah. I think it's like rest. Yeah. Ice, compression, and... Uh... Elevate, right? Yeah, elevate. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'll uh, I'll be doing fine. The reason why I brought that up is because, remember, our, uh, I used to work an office gig before quarantine mm. and then through quarantine and in order to get me hours uh, my job kept me away from the field and was like all right come do office work and i remember how boring that was i can't go back to the mm. office it's just man i was bored i was so bored i was like i can never do this for a living there's no way like it's just bored to tears living like dilbert man it was like hey how's it doing today because i always got a cup of coffee mm-hmm. in the office like yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, hey, make sure to fax that to me later. I, and then they go to the room. Uh, like, I hate it. Like, because I was in a cubicle, I felt like that guy from Office uh, Space. People coming around my cubicle. Yeah. Like, hey, can you look at that? I was like, no, I can't. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You don't want to talk to no. nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. But, uh, oh well. Um, Pringle, I told you beginning of the podcast, we're going to take a lot of names. But uh, the first name that I'm going to take has to do with a podcast and the reason why this got brought up is because shout out to armand in the discord uh he put out that video talking about uh obama watching an event hubs podcast clip that they put on youtube and they're talking about street fighter 4 versus street fighter 5 and how he was basically dissecting their argument how they one is talking from a point of nostalgia. The other guy is talking about the point of subjectivity. So really, the argument makes no sense because you have two people that can't be objective about something. Um, but 
it it was really funny. It's the it's the one time where an event hub's piece of content actually was entertaining. Was when I was watching somebody mm. else give commentary on it. So shout out to Obama. Mm. That was pretty. That yeah, was pretty good. Yeah. Yep. It was, I think I saw a little bit of him mentioning that. It's like I I reached out to him. Mm-hmm. They would have been bet, doing better if they listened to me a while ago. But now, hmm. It was yeah. like <laughs> right now. Uh, because I get all these emails that have to do with fighting games. Right now, I scroll through mm-hmm. my email for the show notes, and I saw that Event Hub's their most recent article as of right now is who is the hottest girl in Street Fighter, like the whole series, right. and they are taking votes. And I was like, good job, Event Hub's. This is very good journalism. That, that is some like some some simpy ass type of post. That's the type of post women seeing it like the FGC is gross. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and that's that's like a bottom of the barrel thing i think they do this mm-hmm. every you know four months all right you got nothing to talk about let's do waifu posts or they put art or something how much costumes does chun li really yeah. have? i remember that was one of them and i'm like guys come yeah. on man everybody knows she has 50 of them <laughs> she has at least 20 more than the next most uh yeah. decorated character so yeah um but that brought up uh, because I was watching that, I was like, damn, dude, like podcasting the FGC really is a space that is uninhabited. Like there's nobody doing podcasts. Here's a list that I think right now are the leading podcasts in the FGC. You got event hubs, you know, unfortunately, as it is, probably number one the, uh, because of the fact that they're talking about Street Fighter. They have the website behind them. So that's probably the number one podcast. That podcast is just boring to me because it's just about one thing. It's just one note, right? Street Fighter, Street Fighter, Street mm-hmm. Fighter. So I don't know. It's not so offensive. Ultra Chen TV. I'm sorry. That podcast sucks. That podcast is so offensive to me because of how bad it is. I I really hate it as a podcaster. It doesn't like I don't even care as like a fighting game fan, but as a podcaster, mm-hmm. they've been doing that podcast for so long. I think it's like six years. And mm-hmm. that latest episode that somebody or rather that I saw on in Discord of them talking about whoever, I don't know. The first 10 minutes have double echo for both Tubbleware and Ultra David. I was like, how have you been doing this for six years? <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, still can't yeah. get audio right. I'm like, listen, at least when I when I mess up our audio, I admit it. And I put like a little note in the beginning of the podcast. Like, hey, sorry, my bad. I noticed while I was editing this one. They don't even like oh, it's it's so bad that it it's personal as a podcaster to me. Like I, <laughs> I take that personally of how bad that podcast is and I will not oh. take it back. I understand people enjoy it. Good for you. But expect more. That's all I want. Like, ask for them to do more. And if it's if you like the podcast, that's good. But like, I would not be able to live with like 10 minutes of the beginning of the episode with double echo and them talking over each other. And then the stream has to tell James Chen to fix it. Instead of James Chen noticing, <laughs> looking on whatever he's his software, it's just it offends me as somebody who <laughs> records stuff. Um, Y'all be honest, man. I I don't know anybody that listens to that thing. I personally don't know anybody that listens to that thing. So <laughs> I think we used to have some listeners of this podcast listen to that um, and mm. probably they still do. But because they know at least my position on that podcast, they don't bring it up as much because they don't want to be in bad terms. Mm. I don't care if anybody in Hollywood listens to any of these podcasts. Good for you. Mm. But uh, personally, I I wouldn't because I have a, a standard for one audio and two mm-hmm. pacing and mm-hmm. those two shows event hubs and well event hubs not so much event hubs actually has pretty good pacing despite what you might think yeah they're only talking about street fighter so how will you not have good pacing but mm-hmm. um ultra chen 
the audio and the pacing on that show, no thanks. Honestly, the only thing I have with those two is that they're boring, man. Like that site. I mean, you could be recording off a toaster, at least have some sort of simulation. I think that's why they interesting for me. That's why they added Tubware, I think, to add a little bit more of uh Yeah. But uh he's uh he's an interesting mix into that uh into that third chair. I don't know really what his role is, but I don't really watch the podcast because of other reasons. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe if they fix the audio, I'd be able to tolerate it for 10 minutes. Well, it's also like I would also say James Chen and Ultra David are just when they commentate, they aren't like they aren't a hype man. They aren't this. So you're basically getting like this kind of like I wouldn't say dry, but I'm going to say dry commentary mm. over an hour and a half of no game footage. Right. You know, that's that's pretty ass dry. Yeah. <laughs> Like that, that SpongeBob. Whoa! <laughs> like that's how you feel. it feels dry, man. So yeah. Yeah. Well, they do watch trailers because it's all a Twitch stream, right? So they do watch trailers uh -huh. and they they bring up graphics and stuff. Um, I think that podcast would be much better. I don't even know if you call it a podcast because, as I mean, we're on video, right? But I don't think anybody mm -hmm. outside of the Dirk segment at the end of the show, I don't think anybody really loses any of the context of the show by listening to us. I mean, whether you watch us mm -hmm. or not, that's just extra. But I think that show specifically, you would have to sort of watch to get the full, I guess, context of the show. Whereas with us mm -hmm. and with event hubs and with uh, no frills, for example, you don't really have to watch. Listening yeah, that, would be enough. Point. Yeah. yeah, well, that's. I guess that's also probably how they kind of, they paid, paid more as of... Um, Paint it more as of uh, something you have to kind of watch. And interact with and chat that and all be, that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really a fan of that, though. That's not really my... I, I, I don't watch it either, man. I don't even I, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what the hell they're up to, man. I don't know. But uh, whatever they're up to, it doesn't have good audio. Uh, Coffee and Combos. <laughs> Coffee and Combos are ripped for now. They haven't recorded since, since really? August. But I, I like those two guys. Oh, wow. Um, sp talking about great audio. Going from shit audio to great right. audio. Coffee and Combos kills it. I mean, that audio. What is it that they use? We must know. I have to, I have to ask Hardy. <laughs> they say Discord, and I'm like... <laughs> Really? I feel like Discord just chops all my audio quality, man. I think they're recording into separate mics, and and one guy sends the, the recorded audio to the next guy, and he puts it together. I think they're just talking over Discord. We could always do that. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, we could do that. Um, until people really complain. Uh, right mm -hmm. now, we're fine. And, I mean, like we said, we'll try other avenues for uh, communication. Be it because that, that, that's a hassle. That that's a hassle in general. Yeah. Setting out, recording it, and singing it, all that. That's that's a freaking yeah. hassle. Because <laughs> then you have to get into the audio software, make sure it's all synced up. Oh, that's a pain in the ass. Man. Yeah, try to figure out other ways around it before we go that way. Right, right. Um, Double tap is pretty good. I like I like their style. Uh, they're doing their thing. And again, again, like I mentioned, no frills. Um, is about fighting games, but also not about fighting games. They're just kind of like two dudes talking about their hobbies, which is cool. Sometimes, uh -huh. yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, and most of the time it's about fighting games, but there's a lot of tangents and a lot of other things that they talk about. Um, yeah, but those are two two guys who have been around for for a while, so those are always entertaining. Uh, but those are the only podcasts that I could really think of that are consistent. Yeah. Um, and then of course there's us, which we're not really consistent as of recently because we, you know, <laughs> took four months off, but uh, here we are. But we need more. Man, I would love to see this space flourish a little bit more. I mean, come on. 
I understand streaming is so enticing for people in fighting games because it's, you know, fairly easy and you can build an audience. Um, but give podcasting a shot. You might have a might have a knack for it. So if you need help, I, anybody out there, you need help with podcasting. I'm no master, but I'll give you some pointers. So uh, we need some more FGC podcasts. I need something to listen to, man. I can't just listen yeah, to us. What the hell? <laughs> I think that's also, yeah, there really isn't much in the ecosystem of... Uh, Fighting games, even though I always feel like the resources are so abundant. You have so much resource for this. But it's also, we could also say with the same thing with the content creation, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or like the the people that make stuff for fighting games. Right. There, it's like some are like people that just play them. And then some are people that can like, I feel like fewer people are ones that can make things more interesting for people to watch and listen and i think that's where we're kind of hitting a drought right now with the uh content yeah yeah we're definitely we're seeing a lot of streaming content not a lot of written content mm-hmm. the only person that's really doing legit written content is uh Inflement, uh with his guides and his oh. uh his big directory of all the terms in the fgc so mm. i mean that's that's really impressive that's a lot of work but that's really impressive and i'm glad that he got recognition for that but it's mostly streaming content and um, videos. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And short clips. But I, I really, mm-hmm. I went over that when I did FGC Hollywood Plus of talking about content that I, how I felt that fighting games, they used to maybe not prioritize, but tune in more to long form content, stuff that would be more than 10 minutes long. Whereas now I think it's all about short, short, short. So, you know, mm-hmm. I rather watch you know, a bunch of 30 second videos and one five minute video. So mm-hmm. attention span, right? All right. Uh, goldfish. Goldfish. Um, remember what I told you I was going to talk about Melty Blood once I get some more time playing mm-hmm. with it? I played it. I ah, I played yeah. uh, our third seed on this podcast who hasn't been around for a while, but eventually I'm sure we'll have him on again. I played with Broken Wing. And I played a, a bunch of online scummy people, but let's talk about the <laughs> let's talk about the broken wing matches uh, where I felt like I was actually playing somebody. Where first of all, we live really close, Missouri to Texas, so uh-huh. connection yeah. with GGPO held up, even though I'm on bunk ass Wi Fi in a basement somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It held up, so that was a blast. Um, I can't help but like every time I play that game, losing, winning, I just like smile. I just like from from uh ear to ear my grin is this that that's how wide yeah, it is man. um it is a it's it brings me joy and i it's a part of both being uh finally being able to play it after so long and i was anticipating it and it was uh, a game that i really was looking forward to and it kind of pans out where like my character is so fun to play in coma that's one dude he is freaking go- called gorilla that yeah. is a gorilla ass He's, his hyper armor oh my he's god so fun. <laughs> he's so fun in that game he's not like i won't say he's one for one true and how he was an actress again but he's close yeah. enough and he's different enough in good ways to make it like interesting for me as a as a mm-hmm. as a character main so um i really like him the pixel art is excellent i think the game looks gorgeous uh both mm-hmm. the setting the whether we're playing on whatever background right i mean you can pick any stage and it, it looks great um and then the character character models i think look excellent uh ui, UI yeah, is really good too i actually really like the ui so i like it sleep yeah. yeah um the soundtrack oh my god the soundtrack pringle it's so good 
Dude, it's a bang. It's got some bangers. I remember Majid Obama tweeted, um, what was that song, man? That it's it's like uh I think it was called Sunset or something like that. And he was like, This beats the whole Dragon Ball uh Fighter Z soundtrack. Oh, right. This one song, and I was like, damn. It's a it's it's good, man. It's really freaking Shiki's track is fire. Moonlit Altar is one of my favorites. Oh man, yeah, dude. Yeah. There, there are some bangers, man. They're they're all good. The only one that I don't really like is um what do you call it the vlog stage i don't like that one um the vlog stage i don't remember what that, yeah. one, that one goes I, I don't i don't really like that one um it's not it's not great um right. not not exactly my cup of tea but everything else man i don't remember like even actress again has certain stages in it where i'm like eh, i can do without but <laughs> uh, yeah. like the crazy car alarm that happens in the background or some of them that's like I, I don't really understand what's happening but <laughs> but uh th i mean type lumina it does it does um, i would say out of like i think there's like what 15 songs or so mm -hmm. i would say i love 14 of them which is a really high percentage yeah. so excellent soundtrack it's it's a, it's a bait right right oh he, he definitely oh, yeah. killed it on this one. no he did um the gameplay I love the gameplay because it's fast, but it's not mm -hmm. fast because of damage. It's fast because of yeah. pace. It's I love mm -hmm. that. I, it's, it reminds me. Yeah, that's what I like too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a little bit of per Persona and and those kind of games where mm -hmm. um, even TFH to to an extent, but TFH is a little more reset heavy. Not as reset heavy as Skullgirls mm -hmm. because you don't have the assist mechanics. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just fast because you're not mm -hmm. dying in one hit, but you're dying because the, the decision-making is like, all right, you, you have mm -hmm. to make it now. Like there's no time to really, you gotta be thinking, you gotta do stuff, mm -hmm. man. You gotta do stuff when you're thinking you're not supposed to. I like that. Yeah. Um, and it feels responsive. I really, I don't think there's mm -hmm. a lot of input delay on this game. I don't know how much there is, but I don't feel it at all. I mean, if there is, yeah. it's very low, super responsive and it's, it's just fun to play. Mm -hmm. Here's what I don't like. And now that I have a, a few more hours to play with this game, this is kind of what I've, you know, have targeted. There's a lot of RPS with, with defense, yeah. right? Um, oh, my God, I hate it. <laughs> I hate RPS like that. Yeah, it's not fun when you're doing RPS on defense, but when it's out of your control, when it has to do with almost... I mean, it's going to sound dumb saying it, but almost luck and decisions where mm -hmm. you just happen to pick scissors because you're going against paper. You didn't really want to pick scissors, mm -hmm. but you just happened to. So um, it's uh, the, the problem with shield I find is that it, it, it goes into those options, right? Like it gives you three options and now you have that's to pick. That's what I'm saying. That's what I don't like about it. It forces you to pick those mm -hmm. options and people will be like, just don't do anything. But still, like, why can't I press 2A after the shield or, like, you, you get forced into these options that you're locked into that you cannot not do. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I do like the mechanic. I just, I don't think it's just mm -hmm. applied correctly. I think, yes, exactly. I think they That's can tinker with too, it. Man. They can tinker with it and make it, um, I guess, more useful than it was mm -hmm. in, in Actress Again but not as useful as it is in type Lumina. Somewhere in between, I think, would be good. But it's the way it handles defense is not is not very fun because it almost takes me out of playing defense. It's like, oh, what's going to happen? It's a roll of the dice, right? So yeah, not I don't like that. But it's not like game-breaking for me, but I just don't really like it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I so and those like because that's I feel the same way, man. It it really is like ooh, it's sometimes it just kind of like I don't want to. It's because like when you fight somebody that does that a lot, you're gonna have to play that game almost mm. like you. And it's like it doesn't feel organic. That's why I was thinking, I was like, where does this add anything to the gameplay? Like it really needs some tuning to make it so that it's like there is a lot more interesting more decision-based thinking in that aspect as opposed to just well let me press a b or let me or bc or whatever the mm -hmm. hell it is to get out of the situation or let me mash a launcher or you know there has to be something to make it feel more organic to the game because it really does for me personally it kind of breaks the pace of uh of stuff and just because it's going fast doesn't mean it still doesn't break the pace for me. It's like I could be going fast, but if you told me that I had to take a hard ass left when I'm running straight, you just mess me yeah. up, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it it definitely breaks the the pacing of the match, and it's um, mm -hmm. when it happens over and over again, it's just not it's not very fun. And it's too bad because that game is so uh -huh. fun in action. Like it's so fun to do stuff in that game. Yeah, man. That it almost takes you away from that, and um. So I don't like that part, but it's not like, you know, enough to deter me to stop playing it. It's just it's just enough to be like, hmm, I don't really like it. But, you know, yeah, yeah. that's kind of annoying. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I really don't like is normals. In my opinion, the property in which they clash is not almost not fair. Um, I, I find mm -hmm. myself anti airing a lot of people and it clashes with normals. And then also brings an RPS situation where it's like, you better hit a button that's faster than his button because if you don't... I've had that happen. He yeah. wins that clash. And I hate it when I'm right under people and whatever, I 2B or something, and they they get the clash and they get a chance to live. It's like, why does he get a chance to live when he made the mistake of jumping at me and I did the correct response by anti-airing mm. him? So I've clashed with normals when they were behind me and like I hit the tip of their foot and I was like, he should be get anti-aired, but he wasn't. Yeah. That's that's annoying. I don't know what to do about yep. that outside of just finding a better way to play neutral, I guess. But if I can't anti-air, this is why I love Persona. We'll talk about that in Persona. Yeah, uh, but yeah. like Persona was so great because it was an anime game that really valued fundamentals. Like if, mm. if you punish DPs correctly, you got rewarded. If you anti-aired correctly, you got rewarded. It was such a fun game mm. because it meant that like I can play footsies in this chaotic game and really yeah. get on top. And it was, it was, I, I really liked that about that game here. I do the right decision, but it's up to chance of whether I get rewarded. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I, I, I think that might, that definitely is some sort of tuning maybe with like hit boxes and hurt boxes and mm -hmm. stuff. But I have had that issue. I'm not gonna lie. Like, uh, since Akia doesn't have the greatest anti-air buttons, I don't feel like I end up getting to do that too right. often. And sometimes it's just like, it's just the game kind of moves so fast. Sometimes I feel like I kind of just explode, man. <laughs> like I just like when I fight Cheeky, oh that motherfucker explodes. Mm. He makes people explode with his his seven frame unblockable. I don't know how fast that unblockable is, but the motherfucker is fast, man. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, definitely they need they need to tinker with the the mechanics yeah. of it. Um, another thing that I find at least early on which I guess every game sort of goes through this phase, but this one, in my mm -hmm. opinion, incentivizes it. Sort of like how you have Strive incentivize pushing forward, breaking the wall, and just continuing yeah. on to press. This game incentivizes mashing. It really doesn't incentivize you to 
play standing up or or not or to not press a button it almost uh-huh. always requires you to do something whether if it's if you get knocked down all right shield if you know you you the, you're forced to play defense of some sort whatever move scale out of that bitch because like they they're like you don't want to stay standing uh-huh. and it is a little annoying because i don't know coming from undernight there's in my opinion at least an intermediate level, there's a lot of respect in Undernight because there's consequences. You still have the uh-huh. people that will mash two way on wake up, and sometimes you'll get caught. But in and this man, I don't think I've played against any. I mean, again, I'm really low rank, so it's probably the people that I'm playing against. But I don't think I've played against anybody who just woke up and blocked. It just it doesn't happen. <laughs> okay, so after that, so like the seven hours, I would say. The seven hours of gameplay I had in that game, the first two times were like about an hour. The third time I played for a while and I realized I played a lot of people from from people around the rank in the beginning ranks to like hiring people. Yo, it's a mashy ass game, dude. Like, and I was like, dude, cause after a while I, I fought like this saber dude and he was just like, this motherfucker. Okay, like, so there's one thing and, and it's something with the moon drives or something. But it was something that happened when I was fighting the Saber where I swear I would hit a button and I'm like, okay, I hit it. But they would just use the moon drive and it destroyed whatever was coming in. And I was like, but I hit the button first. I could have sworn that. So then I fought a Vlob and what would happen is, is that sometimes the Vlob would tech back on the ground, right? He would wake up with moon drive and essentially it would happen in split seconds where this dude was already back to where I am. And he was in my face and I was blocking when I could have sworn I'm the one that knocked his ass down and I was at advantage. Right. And it's it's happened so instantly. The game really wants you to match. But like it's almost like cause like in Skullgirls, Skullgirls wants you to press things. It wants you to do things, though. It doesn't like you don't always have to press things. You should always be doing something. In Melty, it feels like it wants me to press buttons. Right. Like it, and I'm like, okay, I get it. I understand if you want me to press buttons. I, I, I'm I, cool with it. But it's just like one of those things where I felt like because of how the shield works, and I feel that I can barely... Like, you can kind of punish people because you can get them like within the fatal counter. But then you also have, have how like the low shield can block... Uh, shield block... Low shield blocks uh, lows and mids. Mm-hmm. And then you have high shield or standing shield that just blocks highs and mids. So it's like this thing, this shield option blocks two two options. Yeah. Instead of maybe just one. Like it's like I'm just like, dude, I don't I don't know, man. It really bugs me, man. And like I don't know what they were going with with how the that feels, but everybody's go yo, degeneracy. Oh, yeah. Online degenerate. Bro, ranked super degenerate. Everybody's a degenerate in that game. And, and I hate <laughs> You cannot make people respect nothing, dog. <laughs> that game, hell no, nah, man. No, really, I've really found that out. Uh, there's no respect in that game, at least not online. Uh-huh. I haven't watched too much offline footage because I don't think yeah. we've had too much of it. But um, I'll do some more research. I'll see kind of how the meta is developed in that game. And we'll see. Well, so I watched a couple of tournaments and... It kind of is a similar situation. People do wake up and block, but they got to the point where the higher level people are doing a lot more OSs. So mm-hmm. people will sometimes wake up heat, but then they'll they'll match 2A and then the OS is that you match 2A and then you press shield so you can bait the heat and then exp- make people explode. 
But then it, I don't really like OSs that much. I don't know for people that don't know me. I'm not really a fan of option selects, man. You got motherfuckers out here saying you could put peanut butter and jelly on your slice of bread at the same right. time. I don't really like that, all right, man. I want to put it separately, okay? Yeah. But on the same side, I mean, that is the jet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> like, it's like, like, so a part of me is like, I, I just don't like how the game really wants you. It almost feels like it, like it's very creative with how it is, but that the way the pressure works in the game, it's very hard to make somebody because as soon as they see gaps in your strings, they're gonna press shield and it's gonna work. Yeah, and it puts you into that situation where unless you're like uh, staggering buttons in between and stuff like that, you're kind of you gotta play the shield game, and then the shield game in incentivizes more buttons and moon drives just come out super instant. And it barely, like, a lot of stuff just barely kills Moongate. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know. Stuff kind of just bugs me. <laughs> yeah, it is It is a little annoying. I'm sure they'll tinker with it and they'll they'll make it better. Yeah, I, dude, I get, I get shield on a lot, which is crazy uh -huh. because I play a character with a command grab. So I command grab a lot of people that are mashing uh -huh. shield. And even even with my command grab, I still get shielded. So um not 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 against the command grab but i get shielded as far as like a percentage of engagements against the opponent like yeah. it's still high um but that's more that's like a mixture of both me not really knowing how to play the game yet and the fact that the game incentivizes you to press that button so yeah i mean that's the thing too though like uh usually i know like in the, in the low low levels people don't know what they're doing so they're pressing whatever whatever but then i see people that i feel like they have an idea of what they're doing and they still pressing whatever 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 so it's like, man, usually like at a certain point you get like, all right, man, I can't be pressed something. This motherfucker is going to blow me the hell up. Mm -hmm. Man, hell no, man. You don't get that feeling. Yeah. But uh I'm I am excited to continue playing that game. It's it's, fun. it's no, it's definitely a fun game. Um I'm enjoying it and you know what I was saying in Discord? I was like, man, I really want a game to get good at, but it's weird because the two games that I would pick or rather the three games I would pick would be TFH, Melty, and Tekken. Tekken has crappy netcode. Yep. TFH has like four players, and Melty Blood. <laughs> I mean, it has a decent amount of players for that game, but uh, it's it's still in the infancy stages of trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, the infancy yeah. stage. I don't really like man. So, it's experimental. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I don't. I don't know what. Uh, oh, no. What to do with that? Uh oh, you, you froze on me. There yeah, you go. <laughs> Uh, uh, you froze on me. Oh, no. oh now we're, okay, we're, we're good. good. We're good. We're good. Oh, man. See, this is what happens when you use Discord as a call. Uh... <laughs> uh, all right. We got a couple more items before we get to the news. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, congratulations to Skid Row Studios for releasing their Indiegogo page for their planned fighting game, Chaos Groove. Uh, sh shout outs to Derek Rowe for being a podcast fan. He's been messaging me even before we went mm -hmm. on hiatus. Uh, Talking about this game, making it. Uh, there's currently a demo that you can get directly from the Indiegogo. Um, I downloaded it. I still haven't had a chance to play it. I've been kind of busy, but I did download it. Um, and uh, yeah, go help him out. If he's uh, he's looking for some funding on Indiegogo, go try the demo. See if you like the game. And if you do, you can support the cause for a um, little indie fighting game. So uh, good luck to... Uh, yeah, good luck to Skid Row Studios. Nice. All right, now we can get to some podcast corrections. And oh, yeah, we we have a few. Um, the topic of the week from last week was guest characters in fighting games. Uh, you know who we forgot? We forgot Akuma in Tekken 7. 
So I was thinking about him, but I was like, he kind of came. He was launched. I was just thinking that, yeah, he was launched. So I was thinking that he wasn't like, I, in that regards, was Eliza DLC too, I guess? Well, she wasn't a guest She wasn't guest character. But, yeah. um, my bad. I just I, thought I was thinking DLC. Been, That's why. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. DLC. And I remember watching the Akuma trailer in 2015. Tekken 7 came out yeah. in 2017. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, he's not DLC, out, like, but he is a guest character. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah. So we missed him. That was that was my bad. Um, we missed Reese from Trials of Mana, I guess, with the Million Arthur, our kind of blood. And uh, so, yeah, I would have done. No, that, okay. To be honest, I've only played that game. Maybe I said twice, but I think it was only like once. But you, you're so a JRPG I, guy. Did you play Trials? I know of Mana? the character, yeah, but like I only played for one. I didn't actually use her in Trials of Mana, so I don't. <laughs> you get to pick the characters, but I haven't actually used her in the game. But yeah, no, I wouldn't have known that. I did not pay attention at all. I mean, nobody even used her either. So huh. I don't. Maybe they did, I, don't know. I I thought she was a million Arthur character. I really had no idea. Uh -huh. And uh, this is a petition. I'm changing my Samurai Showdown yeah. pick from Miyamoto Musashi to Samurai Jack. I think, man, yeah, I was thinking Samurai. about this like, why didn't I use Samurai Jack? Especially season five Samurai Jack. Oh my god, he's so dope. Yeah, yeah man. Um, and then we have a Sonic Soul update. Remember, I I mm. told him, you know, the I don't know if it's an act or if he really needs help, but anyway, we got an update uh, by uh, FPP Fist Palm Peace in our Discord about. Um, who Sonic Soul is. So I guess people are saying that the the persona that he's playing on some of those stream clips or whatever, where he's raging, where he's saying, I thought we were friends mm -hmm. or all that stuff, um, is like a an LTG-esque persona that he's trying to put out there, um, which would make sense because he, he was a part, at least, of that LTG crowd when he first uh, got introduced to the FGC mainstream. Mm -hmm. But uh, FPP said in Discord that he had a run-in with him uh, multiple times and that he's a grade-A jerk. So <laughs> I, I trust uh, FPP because it wouldn't surprise me that somebody who used to uh, follow LTG's ways would be a grade-A jerk. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, man. I don't even care if it's real or fake. It's still funny. It that's, funny. What I, I, I don't, that's how I am with everything, man. I was like, I don't care if your story is real or fake, man. It was funny. Mm -hmm. Um. But this is the big one before we get to news. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, Pringle. I told you I was going to take some heads. Not, <laughs> not really, but I will be petty. I will be petty about this. and um, <laughs> I'm going to be petty though. I will because I didn't like the way I was treated. And I don't feel like I was wrong, but I just didn't like the interaction that happened. Mm -hmm. So I tweeted at the Hitbox Twitter account, but I was really tweeting at the Ether, FGC Twitter. I was like, hey, help me mm -hmm. out. I, I'm trying to look up stuff online um, and I don't have answers. And I asked if the cross-up that Diaphone was using, and not just Diaphone, but a lot of people are using the cross-up, the Hitbox cross-up um, in tournaments. And so I asked, I was like, hey, is this thing tournament legal? Because I'm not entirely sure. And it technically is, but also mm -hmm. not really. And so I did some research and here we go. So I'll I'll read you the Twitter exchange verbatim just to kind of put my my story out there. So I said on Twitter, I said, I've been trying to find some info online, but nothing is concrete. So maybe FGC Twitter can help me out. What's the verdict on Hitbox cross up? Is attorney legal? And for Hitbox, I added them. 
So Hitbox responds to me and they say Diaphone just got second place at Rebel Kumite in Las Vegas with the cross-up and Guilty Gear Strive. And there are plenty, many other players that at that event with cross-ups. So I said, I know. That's why I was asking. I wasn't sure if Invitationals had different rules from open invite tournaments. I know when the cross-up initially rolled out, there were some questions about it, about its use in tournament. I'm assuming it's tourney legal everywhere now. So Hitbox responds, Diaphone wasn't invited. They earned a spot through the LCQ, and the LCQ for Street Fighter V at the event had plenty of cross-up players as well. So you know what? I decided, all right, obviously I'm not going to get a, a clear answer here. So I kept it classy. I was like, all right, gotcha. Thanks for clearing that up. But really what I meant is like, thanks for nothing, asshole, because you know what I meant there. <laughs> but it's all good. Um, also, shout out to Zio because he chimed in. He said, or instead of being hella passive aggressive, you could have just said, yeah, it is tournament legal now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He could have said a yes or no, but that was kind of like a one weird. Yeah. Um, Hitbox responded to him and said, hello, thanks for the input. Uh, we do know of, or rather, we do not know of any rule sets uh, to in-person events right now that have explicit rules on controllers. So we are trying to point out what the community is currently doing. That still doesn't explain anything, though. That kind of confused me more. It explained one thing. You know what that means? Uh, it's fucking uh, illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my Dana White impression. That's fucking illegal. <laughs> All that really means, and I'll explain it here in a second, it means it's legal until somebody points it out that it's not. I, that's all that means. like steroids yeah <laughs> it's like you know when you cork your bat, nobody knows until they find it <laughs> so it's yeah, like man. here's here's why it's here's yeah. why it's illegal and I know I'm being petty about this and um this is this is the reason why a lot of people I'm assuming in the FGC don't mm -hmm. like me is because I harp on stuff like this. Um, where a lot of people just play ball. It's also keeping everything kind of like you have to. Someone has to keep stuff like even. Yeah. If you, if you, because like in my head, I was thinking, well, if they do that, how much further will they take it? Because it's always gonna that's gonna happen, and it's gonna get further to the point where they already took it so far, and then it's like, oh man, we should we we already we were doing this before. We we didn't see no problem with that before, and it's like, well, nah, yeah. man, it was a problem before. You guys just didn't give a crap. And this is coming from this. The reason why it's personal to me is one, because I thought they were being shitty on Twitter to me. Um, yeah. And I know it's hard to really tell tone on Twitter, uh, but I just yeah. I thought that they're like Zio said in that tweet, they, they were being passive aggressive. You could have just said, we don't know or um, it's it's unclear right now. But they the way they phrase it, I didn't like it. So that's why I'm going after mm -hmm. Hitbox. It's not exactly against the company itself. It's more so against the social media manager who was talking to me. Um, yeah. so that was a problem. And two, I've been cheated at tournaments before. That's why it's personal because I got cheated out of a couple of tournaments. I'm not going to say the guy's name, A couple, Damn, but man. I, I mean, it sucks when it happens you to lose? you. I beat him and then he, he kept playing anyway. Uh, that's a bad cheater, <laughs> but, um, I lost, I lost to, to another guy and then he ended up being on stage, whatever yeah. it's, it was a whole thing. But, um, I didn't say anything because I was hungry. I was like, whatever. Like, let's let's just go grab some pizza or something. Uh, yeah, I feel that, I feel it. But here's the reason why it's it's a big deal. So I looked up the rules, right? And uh, right now it's kind of hard to get clarified rules because we're still post, not even post, we're still in the pandemic age where mm. we're almost trying to get into offline tournaments again. But a lot of them, mm -hmm. a lot of them are still invitational. We don't got open invites, so 
I'm assuming invitationals have different rules. So here's what I found. I went to the CPT rules, which is Capcom Pro Tour for the uh, uninitiated who don't follow Street Fighter. It's uh, everybody who competes under Capcom Pro Tour has to follow by these guidelines. So mm-hmm. under section C, line five regarding customizable. Yeah, that is yo when the month section yeah. C five oh, I told dotted you. line. <laughs> that month, right? I told you I'm gonna be petty about this because they forced my hand. Under section C, line five, regarding the use of customizable controllers. This is the CPT rules. Mm. So, quote, the maximum amount of directional command input is four, and it is prohibited to put the same command into multiple buttons. For example, a player cannot assign the same directional command in two different buttons. When assigning a directional command to a button instead of directional button on a DualShock, directional lever, or analog stick, it is called a move button, which would be the dash button like in Guilty Gear Strive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a controller can have both a move button and a lever at the same time. However, the controller must give up the corresponding input on the lever. For example, if a player mm-hmm. assigns the upward action into a move button, such player must lose the upward input with the lever Mm. lastly a controller can have an analog stick along with directional buttons on a dual shock a lever or directional buttons however the inputs from directional actions with analog stick must stay on analog example it is prohibited to convert mechanical ability of analog sticks to levers or buttons and you know Mm. what that reads that the fucking cross-up is illegal. <laughs> but so, so here's my thing then. How is it that, how can a game tell when somebody doesn't go past two move buttons? Like, what? how, do, how does it tell if someone didn't put the D-pad up and the analog up? How, how can it tell that? You know what they, I mean? Or is it just when you assign the buttons in the game, you can't really double assign them? Is that, I think that's the case, right? Yeah, um... I think a lot of it has to do with just the honor rule. I mean, players checking players when the, you you know when you check your buttons when you uh, assign uh-huh. your buttons, you would have to check because you can cheat technically on pad. It won't be as comfortable. I mean, because you know you you would have both analog and directional pad, mm-hmm. um, so it won't uh-huh. be as as comfortable since you have the same button set to two different actions on a controller. But on the cross up, it's way easy to do. And here's here's the reason why I'm bringing this up. Mm. So this is CPT, and I don't know what happened at the last chance qualifier at Rub Bill Kumite. I'm assuming that invitationals have different rules, so it doesn't really fall mm. under the CPT guidelines. That would make sense. The the other part is that I mean, how many of how many fighting game players really read the terms and regulations for you know tournaments? Not many. Mm. So they probably don't know the rules. So if somebody sits in front of them with a cross-up, they don't know that that's illegal. So mm. it, like I said, when when Hitbox responded, they basically said it's illegal until somebody points it out. That's basically what they were saying because they don't even know the yeah. rules. But here's the thing. They didn't say anything. Uh, they didn't actually say. They have no clear no. answer. Yeah. But that's the rule for CPT. Now, here's why it's such a big problem, in my opinion. I don't think mm-hmm. the cross-up, to be honest, I don't think it would be that big of an impact in a game like Street Fighter. Maybe a little bit for charge partitioning, but that's a different case study that you would have to do. I've seen, basically with a game like Tekken, mm-hmm. that stick is extremely advantageous for certain yeah. characters, especially with characters that use evasion with backdash 
and and mm-hmm. characters that use any sort of form of wave dashing and difficult to to do inputs like just frame skyrocket like electric wind godfist wave dash into electric wind mm-hmm. godfist so here's the concerning part tekken world tour and arc world tour do not have this verbiage in their rules so it's legal mm. under those two circuits that stick is oh, legal there that's the problem and see that's where so this is where a lot of those type of issues lie in because it's not put across the board if we're not really kind of keeping some of those tournaments in check some if not all all should be following these set of rules yeah. When you have some, then you have problems because if like if Tekken is not, but then it's also like a part of me is like kind of like even though people will say it might not help very much in one game, like I, I that's what I'm thinking in my head. How does the game or how does the game uh, stop somebody from not like putting up those double ups on their? Stick I think it or, should be universal. Like that. That's what I was wondering. I know, I right. know, they're different circuits, right? You have one that's playing mm-hmm. Dragon Ball, the other playing Tekken Seven, the other playing Street Fighter Five, and one playing Guilty Gear. But I think that the verbiage that Capcom Pro Tour has is really good. It's detailed. Mm-hmm. It tells you exactly what you can and you cannot do. Tekken and the Arc World Tour, and I know they've they've both have been reduced to online, so that's the Wild West. They mm-hmm. do whatever they want there. But they need to add that verbiage in there because as of right now, that stick is legal to play both Dragon Ball, Guilty Gear, and Tekken, in, which Tekken I think is the biggest problem, really. I mean that. Yeah, man, that game is man. Any game that lets you do Korean back, that's just just doing yeah like that. Like man, that's cheap. <laughs> like I think Hitbox is already cheap as hell with that game. But well, jeez, man. To, to be, I mean, it's it's really advantageous. Um, and listen, I've seen other people talk about. I've seen Sejam talk about how the Hitbox is technically better than the Cross Up, and you know, with all due respect. To say jam, I've seen him play Tekken. He's ass. And I don't think he understands <laughs> how advantageous that stick would be for Tekken. Guilty Gear, I don't think so much. Street Fighter, I don't think so much. Dragon Ball, I don't know, because I don't play that game. I'm not even going to pretend that I know how it would affect that game. But yeah. I know Tekken. I've been playing Tekken for 15 years. I know how it would affect Tekken. And by the way, I'm not the only one. Ni and even JDCR, who uses a, a, a cross-up, he has one. And I think just out of honor... He did not use it at the Kumite. He used his Itoki because I'm pretty sure he knows that it's a, an extremely advantageous stick to use for that game. And it's a problem. It, so that's, that's where my issue comes from. Because here's the thing. I can't point out somebody, if I go to Combo Breaker next year, under the Tekken World Tour guidelines, somebody sits across from me with a cross-up. I can't say, hey, that stick's illegal because it's not when it should be. That's uh-huh. an issue. But if I was playing Street Fighter, mm-hmm. I could sit up and be like, hey, he's using a cross-up. I don't want to play that guy. Make make him use a dual shock or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's uh it's a problem that we don't have unified rules. Mm. Yeah, man. So that so I really don't understand the cross-up, but I remember I think it was uh, I think it was Zio or Jam that mentioned that like, no, I can't like, well, let's see. And there was a video, a, a two minute video that Hitbox posted up that showed how you could do a back, a Korean back dash. This motherfucker did it. Mm. This, like his, his character was, yeah. I was like, yo, are those frame perfect Korean? That, that's hard. And he was doing it with little to no difficulty. And I know that when you think about it, even the Hitbox can kind of allow you to do that. But still like, I'm just like, whoa, because 
like I said, I don't know, I don't know too much of how that stick works. Um, but I do know, like, I, I, and I think I'll, maybe you'll explain it to me a little bit better about how the stick works. Is it where, like, you basically have extra directional inputs on the right side of where the buttons it's are? It's right on top of so, the buttons. And like so, those rules said, it allows you uh, to do a double direction input with two different buttons. One with the lever and the other with the button. Uh -huh. That's why it's so advantageous because you, you're able to do the same move twice in succession and mm -hmm. you're able to execute so much faster because you you just have more options. So then in my in my head, I'm thinking like, how, how would the game read that? Would the game not pay attention to that or anything? Because you could say that in Guilty Gear Strive, it could not be that much useful, but in Guilty Gear Strive, that lets you use basically for almost like frame in like frame perfect backdashes well the and that's in vulnerability frames and stuff the like game that. isn't in charge of making sure you're not mm -hmm. cheating it's the tournament organizers mm. i don't think the game cares mm. if you have multiple inputs that uh do the same thing it's, so it's the tournament like, that does so can you stack like two buttons because you know when like you're in that button settings command menu you know what mm. i mean and you're setting up your buttons you're doing all the thing you're going through each button would you be able to like I guess if you were like, let's say this is the hand with the 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 extra buttons and you just went like this, you went back and then you hit a tap, you tapped the, your index and you also did back with the stick. Would that be like two move buttons you just put on that button settings and that's both your lefts? Could you do that? Yeah. I mean, all you would have to do is with the lever, you just go back to neutral and then you tap the stick because now you're doing oh. you're doing back neutral. And instead of going back with the lever, you just tap. So uh, do you understand mm -hmm. how easy it is? Like, it's just, mm. I don't even own the cross up and I would know that I'd be able to do extremely hard difficulty things with Mishima's with, you know, all these characters that have frame perfect stuff mm -hmm. with the stick, obviously it'll require a little bit of practice, but it's, it's regulated cheating. And I don't think mm -hmm. it should be you. I, I think, you know what, if you want to make an exception for strive, you want to make an exception for street fighter five for any other game. That's fine. Mm. But for a game that I find has clear application for how advantageous this stick is, I think it should mm. be banned for Tekken 7. I believe that a lot of Tekken 7 players would be on my side as well. And yeah. I think also some of the people that use the cross-up would also see my side uh, because even JDCR is one of them. But so, okay, so here, I got one for you then. What if there was some uh, individual that didn't have a left hand, <laughs> right? This guy has no right, a left hand. I know going to go out there, right? Yeah. Because I think of these type of, because I think this is what their idea is when they created that cross-up. They wanted to essentially make it more accessible to people. But how, like, would that help? Like, let's say dude only got left hand, right? Uh -huh. Example. What if he, with that cross-up, he can play with his just his right hand? He got the movement and he got the buttons. This motherfucker, kind of like Broly Legs. Like, they never made a controller for his ass, but he's just over here like... Yeah. <laughs> so so it's like, what if that idea of the cross-up was to help people that had those inherent problems? Of course, that's not the case, though. I mean, I don't think yeah. it is because... I don't think it is either. You know, but... Even if it was... If you, I understand you're playing devil's advocate and I, I, I get yeah, yeah, yeah. even if that were the case, I don't think that the exception should make the 
it, would, it should make the rule. Yeah, I, I don't think that that should be the case because you have there's a there's a Tekken player I think from Poland or France. I don't remember when. Mm-hmm. I think he he doesn't have all of his fingers in both hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his name is like Devil Kazi. I forget what his name exactly is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he plays with a dual shock, I believe. And I'm saying if he can yeah. do it, or if Broly Legs can play with his face, you're telling me a guy with able two hands can't play on a fucking controller? Like, so so. Yo, so here's my thing, too. Yeah, no, no, no. So here's my thing I was thinking of, because I, I did want to just play a little bit of advocate on that one, because I'm also, because I may, I may be thinking in my head, maybe that's why they created right, such a right. thing like that, like, to help people, to give people more, because it's innovation. You have to innovate controls in some way, shape, or form to break the mold, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then, like, here's the problem, though. That innovation is bar- barred by a $200 price fee. Let's be real. So that that cross up is is I think it's a, a, a flat total two hundred, dude. If you're telling me like especially in Tekken, if there's no set rules on that, the basic why what would set anybody else from not buying it? It 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 doesn't have a, a even playing field in the sense of like Tekken. I would say because if you're telling me like if if two beginners were playing and one had a normal stick and the other one had one of those. That motherfucker is gonna win with one of those, and it's like, but then it's like that two hundred dollar baseline where he's like blocked into it. Such a weird one, man. I don't know. Yeah, it. I don't, I don't know. It's so weird. It's tough to. Uh, I don't know how to go about it. I would say, I would bring this up if I was in any sort of position of power, which I'm not. But I would definitely bring this up to. The Tekken World Tour committee to the Arc Rever- World Tour or to the to the Arc World Tour committee, and would ask them, "Can we have unified rules similar to Capcom Cup? Because those rules make a lot of sense. They're legible. Whereas with those two circuits, there's a lot of gray area, and I mm-hmm. it allows for regulated cheating, and I just I don't like it. I mean, it's just not." I don't think it's it's decent in the world of fighting games, and not that we're like we have a lot of decency, but like, can and, we maintain uh, some <laughs> Jesus honor? <laughs> I would say that I think it is fair for us to go out and reach if we ever see something along the lines that would be fine for us to reach. And I asked him about that because if they at least say, and it's very clear, yes, the cross up is legal, then you have that mm. sense where you know at least they said it's legal, but. Right now, if there's nothing, then that's all up inter- interpretation, and I don't really like that either. I just wonder how much it could help you, I guess, in Strive, but it, it must have helped Diaphone enough for him to purchase that damn thing, because that's $200, man. Unless he got sponsored you by know. Hitbox. I'm not sure what his affiliation is, but I don't know. He may have, because they mentioned his ass in the, comment, in the tweets. Could be. Right? Yeah, it could be. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, how advantageous it is for every single game. It would be case by case. I can only mm-hmm. truly speak to Tekken because it's mm-hmm. so, uh, it's just so visible in Tekken of how good that mm-hmm. stick could make somebody with, if you put two newbies with the same amount of practice using two different peripherals and one of them having the cross up, I think you'll see the results and I'll, I'll think you'll see exactly how advantageous that stick is. So yeah. I just want unified and, rules. Like if if uh-huh. Tekken World Tour wants to allow it, I won't be happy, but at least I'll be like, all right, well, we tried and it's still legal. But the way it is and now, honestly, no. 
but but I would also say honestly, outside of like the honor, that'd be the only thing keeping somebody from just using that stick. JDCR could have used the price point. Yeah, man. he could have used yeah, it at Kumite, man. but he decided not to. Uh -huh. So Yeah, man. And like Man, even I would say hitboxes are so good. Man. They are. Like I, I like I know hitboxes have been pretty useful for my buddies with their wrist pains. But man, it, in Tekken, oh man, you're backdashing. You just out here just hitting the wave like damn, bro, like that easily. But on stick, that thing actually is like really uncomfortable and you gotta really get used to knowing how to do those backdashes, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we'll see. And movement in general and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What to do about that? That was just kind of my uh, my yeah. case with that. I wasn't gonna make it a bigger deal than it was until Hitbox responded the way they did. So I was being a little petty, but <laughs> we need clarification with stuff like that because mm -hmm. I I just find that the FGC has too many people that are just like okay, like I'll play ball. And it's like no, dude, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, you're right, man. That's uh, yeah, yeah. No, honestly though, I think that is something like if. If I ever see it, I feel like that's worth mentioning in between those because those cross-ups, I I tried looking it up with the, the cross-up and the legality of it, but all I saw was like some places it's legal and I, I, don't know, I didn't really see it anywhere else. So. Yeah, no, I, I think for anybody that's listening to this in 2022, if you're going out to compete in Street Fighter V and you're not comfortable mm -hmm. with somebody who, who's using a cross-up at the tournament and you're about to play them, you have all every single right uh, based on the rules. Mm -hmm to tell a TO, hey, I don't want to play him until he changes his stick or a pad or whatever, because I think that is an illegal stick. Now, if you're yeah. cool with it, you can keep it under the way they're doing it now, where under CP2 rules, it's illegal, or rather, it's legal until it's not, until you point it out. Mm -hmm. um, but in Tekken, if you find that you're going to about to play somebody with a cross-up and you think that that's cheating, that's too bad. In the rules, it doesn't say it. So that's a that's mm -hmm. that's an issue. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's all we got for our opening segment. Long opening segment, but we got yeah, 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 <laughs> we got a lot a lot of news and then a fun topic of the week. So we'll try to get through this uh, somewhat quickly. Round one, FGC news. So the first item of news has to do with the the Game Awards 2021. Mm -hmm. We got the fighting game category and. The nomination. So I kind of want to build a case for every single nomination. I don't think we're going to be able to do it for every single one because, you know, mm -hmm. it's this TGAs. But uh, regardless, we have the the FGC only has one category. It's the best fighting category. And although the Game Awards is a fairly mainstream gaming show, uh, we figured why not take a look, right? Let's build a case for every single game of who should win the best fighting category at the TGA's 2021. So this is in no particular order uh, from the website. The first game is Demon Slayer. Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles. Pringle, you think you can build a case for Demon Slayer to win fighting game of the year? <laughs> Bro, I ain't even seen that anime, man. I don't know anything about it, really. I just know a lot of people like it. It's an arena fighter, I believe. Yeah, of course it is. That's all they do. Like, that's such an easy... It's like a... That is like the, the fighting game anime template arena fighter, yo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know much about this game. But traditionally, I don't believe arena fighters will win any sort of award when it comes to FGC purposes. Mm -hmm. Maybe like general gaming purposes. But 
I just don't mm-hmm. think that they're, they're they might be fighting games, but I don't know how FGC they are. They're like FGC adjacent. Uh, yeah, nah. All right. <laughs> um, Guilty Gear Strive. So Guilty Gear Strive is on there. I say deserve it. Um, I'm gonna leave off my winner until we get through the whole list. But I'll here's here's mm-hmm. how I'm building a case for Guilty Gear Strive. Excellent netcode, great marketing, visually appealing, and it does things that brought people into the game who have never cared about Guilty Gear, like the the animations that they saw in the trailers, mm-hmm. the fact that it had a cinematic story mode, and just continuously pumping that PR machine on Twitter, on YouTube, anywhere they could put it out there, they would. Um, I think this is a, a very good nomination for game of the year. Mm-hmm. Or rather, best best fighting game of the year. Mm-hmm. Melty Blood Type Lumina. So this is going to be a late addition to this conversation because it came out September 30th. So really not going to get too much of Melty Blood before the end of the year. The things that it has going for it, like we talked at the top of the show, that soundtrack, the pixel art, the netcode is really good, uh, fairly decent uh, roster, a guest character, and not, I guess, a guest character within the same world, or rather, I guess, franchise? I don't even know what the fade thing is. Franchise. Yeah. Franchise yeah. would work. Yeah. But uh, very niche, very niche. Uh, I don't know how you're going to build a case for this, but with those aspects alone, I think it is deserving of a nomination. Mm. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. <laughs> Uh, the only way I can think about building a case for this is it has rollback, so that's good. It has those characters from Nickelodeon that are, you know, pop culture. They're they're recognizable. And I heard that the gameplay is fairly decent, but it's not, like, earth-shattering, I, but it's good. Yeah, I I heard otherwise now in the rollback. Man, I want to roll my ass back. <laughs> last pot, last two pots, people told me I read, I read, now I read all over that the rollback is kind of... Oh, is it jank? It's, it's, yeah, I read it as iffy, man. I read more iffiness, but I swear people were saying it was all right, but maybe it's because they were coming out of Smash. I don't know. Could be, could be. <laughs> um, and the, the last nomination is Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. This is a remaster right. of a really old game. I don't know how you can build... I mean, it has Absorb netcode. It's... It was only on PlayStation for a bit uh, for with PlayStation Plus games. I don't know what it is now, but I don't think you can really build a, a good case for this game. Outside of a, a slight resurrection for the franchise, not good enough to be a game of the year. I feel like they just kind of threw it in there because they had no nothing else going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Um, Pringle, I'm going to... I don't know if this will be surprising to you, but... I'm going to say, even though I I like Melty Blood Type Lumina better as a game, I would give my vote to Guilty Gear Strive for a fighting game, yeah. fighting game of the year. Uh, with everything that they've done, the success that they've had, I think they knocked it out of the park. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't a big believer of Strive, and it proved me wrong. So I think against all doubts, it did really, really well. And yeah, I would cast my vote. If I had a vote, Despite knowing that in the future I will have way more hours in Type Lumina than I will in Strive, I would still vote for Guilty Gear Strive for Fighting Game of the Year. What do you think? 
Yeah, I would say the same thing. In fact, Melty Blood type Luminous Reddit would say the same thing too because I saw the Reddit and they were like, yeah, I think I'm going to give it a Strive too. I mean, think about it. Strive, did it came out at the right time, so that definitely helped the sales. It had an open beta, two of them. Well, I think it closed beta and open beta, so it let people play the game before they... And I think that's a big... That's a big stepping stone, man. Like, that's huge. Letting people play before you buy is always super good, especially with fighting games, because that made me be like, no, I'm not buying your ass. But, like, at least I had the option ability to do that, right? right. And, you know, it had the... I guess the and the video people liked, I guess, the story mode being a movie was like... I saw Soldier Boy streaming that right. day. I guess he really liked that. I don't know why, but I guess it's like... It, what. Outside of visual novel and arcade matches, we just said F all that and just turn into a movie. The visual, all of that visual flair that we've talked about in the past, the game has. We, it's, we foretold it was going to do well, and it did. It's it's still doing pretty well. The netcode is pretty good. It's got all of the stuff it needs to just stay alive compared to Melty. I would also say that like Melty's mishaps with the PC version not being so good in the beginning was a detriment to its success mm. uh, and uh i guess it is such a niche game everything else like the demon slayer eh, nickelodeon and eh, no voices man you lost i seen have you seen the steam numbers on that man they're low dude it's like 160 I, people i think I, you get more people playing rivals man <laughs> and that ain't got voices either <laughs> Um, and Virtual Fighter, I feel like they kind of just, they, I mean, because think about it, when you, it feels like we had really two fighting games. Mm -hmm. I guess three if you want to count Nickelodeon, but felt like two. Virtual Fighter coming back, eh, it's, it really didn't even advertise itself, honestly, so it kind of just. It was, it was kind of abrupt, yeah. and the, the whole absorb yeah. netcode thing did not go well. <laughs> the racist netcode. <laughs> <laughs> right. but uh yeah i would i would give it to strive i think it'd be well deserved yeah it did a lot better mm -hmm. man the next thing we're going to talk about is actually one that i am i'm pretty excited about this i gotta be honest like <laughs> when's the last time i was ever excited for a platform fighter i don't play platform <laughs> fighters there ever was a chance at huh. that time man. but uh this is actually kind of sick remember we we broke not broke this but we talked about this leak about multiverses this game lives it's it was actually real and here we are so on november 18th 2021 publisher warner brothers warner brothers games revealed their previously leaked platform fighting game project multiverses multiverses is a new platform fighter developed by player first games that lets you team up with or against your friends as, as some of the most world's iconic characters under the WB banner. Here's what we know of the game. The announced characters are Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Finn the Human, Jake the Dog, Steven Universe, Garnett, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, Shaggy, Arya Stark, and Rain Dog. Pretty recognizable uh, characters right there. It's going to feature cross-platform play and cross-progression never even heard of that word till that motherfucker dropped it and we will be featuring cross-progression i was like oh, cross-progression what that mean <laughs> i think it means like if you have skins uh or if you'd like earn points to get like skins because doesn't fortnite have cross-progression as well 
Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, you can keep your account and it goes all over the place. Yeah. So, or maybe cloud saving. I don't know actually how that works, but uh, something like that. Um, it's scheduled to release sometime in 2022 to the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and PC via Steam. They're very clear about Steam, not Epic Game Store, but Steam. Whoa, I just noticed this. No Switch. They said, hell no, we're not working with those heathens. Damn, no Switch. I wonder if that was more so on Nintendo's part than Warner Brothers. I think it always is Nintendo's yeah. problem. Yeah. And this game is going to be free-to-play, free-to-play model with in-game purchases, of course. That's the free-to-play model. That's what you get. You, that's what you sign up for. When it's free... Yeah. You also gonna have like, hey, you want this skin? You got to pony up. Hey, you want this gem? We're gonna talk about these gems. You got to yeah. pony up. <laughs> but uh, it's free to play, so that's cool. Co-op modes and single player modes available. So you're gonna have a two v two, a one v one, and a free for all. So one v three, or I guess, yeah, free for all meaning like everybody for themselves. Oh. Um, fully voiced, which I love the way they put that in the trailer because that was such a direct <laughs> shot, dude. We'll have voices too. <laughs> exactly. Fully voiced and the way they said it. So it's going to feature uh, voice actors like Kevin Conroy as Batman and Tara Strong for Harley Quinn, who's also Arizona and TFH. Yeah. So that, that was cool the way they did it. Um, dedicated server-based rollback netcode. So not only will this have dedicated servers, but they're also going with rollback. So like a double whammy. So you should have no gripes with the netcode for this game whatsoever. I'm sure you will during the beta because they're probably messing with it. But at launch, hopefully that thing comes correct. Game events, skins, modes, and other development support planned for the game's future. And lastly, you can sign up online right now for the upcoming playtest on multiverses.com. So they did show some things that were like, I guess, more beginner friendly and stuff that we don't like as fighting game fans like the gems you go like you this is his kit and you can put this stuff in here for shaggy or whatever <laughs> but here's what i was saying because we were talking about this in discord first of all this game is such a neat idea because mm -hmm. you got all these characters the fact we were talking about this when we broke this uh initially this game came from a meme they wanted to put shaggy <laughs> bruh <laughs> Yo, you Shaggy, ah, Shaggy was super sick. Yeah. That was hilarious. They wanted UI Shaggy, Ultra Instinct Shaggy, in Mortal Kombat, but they couldn't do it. And that's how this idea came where, hey, let's let's see if we can put Shaggy. And that's why they gave him the Super Saiyan aura. Uh, and it's so, it's so hilarious. It's so fun. Uh, I love the idea of the game. I love the fact that it's free to play. It looks kind of neat. The polish is good. Voice acting. And for free to play, dude, even I will play a platform fighter. It's mm. free to play. And it looks like dumb fun. Like it doesn't look like it's a serious fighting game that I would compete in, but it looks like dumb fun. We could play this in discord. We can have fun, mess around in voice chat. This is how I'm looking at this game. Forget the gems. Forget all that. I just see this as fun, man. Yeah. And if they come correct, man, I, I swear to you, bro, this game's going to have circuits. They're going to be like, dude, one month in, they're going to be like, underground circuit. Let's get it. I'm like, bro, they, the amount of stuff. Dude, the free-to-play model with these type of games, which is already a 3D-based yeah. game, so they don't have to worry too much about the skins. I mean, Shaggy already got this, like, this 
this look where he's like without a shirt and all ripped up and stuff. I'm like, dude, people are gonna pay the for Bruce that. Lee. It's like, yeah, man, the dude, it's gonna it. They've Warner Bros. money. I don't know what it is, but they come in correct, man. Like compared to how Nickelodeon came out, where like I I think the problem Nickelodeon is that it came on like like a shoestring budget or something like that, but. To come out as a $50 game and then tell people, we'll have voice acting if the game does well. Oh, man. You guys shot yourself. In the- you shouldn't even said that. <laughs> but, like, the way Multiverse coming out, I was like, dude, either Warner Bros. got that money or they out here just, just swab and he's like, ah. Yeah. I mean, if, if this becomes a competitive game, which I don't really see the future for that. But then again, I don't know much about Platform Fighter. So it could. It could have a competitive future. It could, man. As long as they... Because, well, honestly, I mean, it was a case of, like, Smash, because it's not really that a competitive game, but then people just kind of took it that way. But, I mean, if they if they do everything well-balanced and the one versus one is good, it's going to be competitive, man. And if they... Because I can already see Warner Bros. doing, like, circuits for this type of game because they're probably looking at Brawlhalla. And Brawlhalla, man, they just got, what, Ryu and freaking Chun-Li just now? So, like, they're going to be like, we need to, we need to go that way because it's smart. All you other motherfucking fighting games... Y'all staying poor. It's time to get rich, though. Because they that's the long way, man. That's the long way. Giving your game full free access lets millions of more people able to play your game for free. And then that conjures more people to consider putting money into it. Just like Genshin Impact. Free game. You could put money in it. No and, and like in a in a platform fighter, you don't really I don't think you'll have that issue as much as you would have like Genshin Impact. Where you can fully play the game, oh, yeah. the things that are in purchase are not skill based or anything like that. They won't jack you up because you're not paying for it. Yeah. No. What? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think I'm I'm looking at this game as having just a blast with people, just messing around, using Shaggy and stuff. But like, uh, if they're gonna go the Brawlhalla route, you've seen it work. And with Warner Brothers, yeah, they could do it for sure. You, one thing I will say with this game is, uh, unlike Brawlhalla, as I think, well, actually, I don't know how Brawlhalla works, but I'm assuming the way that this game is structured, if they're going to make it competitive, they'll probably have to go the Smash route where you can only play it in a certain way um, to make it competitive. Yeah, they might. I mean, I wouldn't be too surprised because Brawlhalla in itself is already kind of that you don't have to set it any way, I don't think. Um, they might do it that way. They might. Uh, I think that also I will say the two versus two is really cool because they look like they're putting a good focus into that. So because like a lot of two versus two games or a lot of the platform fighters with two versus two really just suck personally for me. There's not really any kind of correlation with teams and, and people just pick their character and there's no real like back and forth with the team. But it looked like in this game, there's going to be some more interesting merits to doing that two versus two actual team-based stuff, like where characters probably do different things because they're with another character. That would be pretty sick because if they do stuff like that, then they're they're really all playing long run. Like, if there's anything Warner Bros. is good at, them motherfuckers play the long game. Like, you know what I'm saying? They will play the long game to achieve what they want, man. Yeah. No, I, I've seen a lot of people poo-poo on this uh, from, from the fighting game side, but I think it's such a great idea. I'm like, why not? It just looks fun. Like, just let's have fun. <laughs> I just want to smoke some people with uh, with the uh, can't wait for uh, the the Daffy skin come out oh, with yeah. uh, Daffy, and, and it's gonna have the Duck Dodger skin. Boy, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, no, it looks cool, especially if they let you earn skins, not with just real money, but like in-game currency. Yeah, that'd be neat. That would be really good. That'd be 
a very strong incentivize. I think Brawlhalla kind of does that too. It incentivizes more people, but that's how you really get people too, man. Incentivize progression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really cool. I I really like this announcement. All right, we got to the point where we were supposed to talk about this, but we can't. Uh, KOF beta, or rather, the KOF 15 beta is underway, but uh, we can't really play it because we will not subscribe to this notion of needing PlayStation Plus <laughs> to play a game. First of all, I can't because I don't even have a PlayStation anymore, but you do, uh, and you don't have PlayStation Plus. But anyway, it's it's happening right now. So the, uh, the beta is underway for the King of Fighters 15. Uh, we were supposed to talk about it. Uh, there's... Here's what we know about the beta. So there's gonna there's crossplay right now between PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Uh, you can only play eight characters, which are Dolores, Shunei, Kyo, Yori, Chizuru, Yashiro, and Shermie and Chris. There's ping display, which is good. The netcode is confirmed as GGPO, which that, that was an interesting detail. The fact that they went with GGPO like Melty and not some in-home rollback netcode like Kagemusha did with Street Fighter V. So um, that's cool. There's rollback uh, frame display. And then we had a question from Jam. We can't really answer it because none of us have played it. I watched some footage of the beta. It's tough. It's tough to really comment on it because we can't play. We can't access I will say I watched a little bit. You did? Yeah, a little bit. Only thing I can really comment on is you know how when you play a fighting game, you mm-hmm. you can really tell what it looks like because you're seeing it on your screen in real time. There's no frame drops. There's hopefully, right? It's it's coming in the way it's supposed to. When you're watching it on stream, you're not always getting the best visual of what it is. The yeah. two games that come to mind are Guilty Gear Strive. When you see it on stream, it doesn't look as good as when you're playing it. Yeah, that's true. The one that is even more apparent, and I always go back to this example, is Killer Instinct. You don't understand. Oh, yeah. You don't understand yeah. how cool Killer Instinct's particle effects are until you actually play the game for yourself. Because it doesn't translate to stream archives. Even if you have the best resolution, for some reason it doesn't come out the way it should. Because I remember when I first played Killer Instinct, after watching a lot of it, I was like, whoa, this is sick. The way the particle effects happen and the stage transitions, it's stuff that you really notice when you're there experiencing it versus vicariously watching it through somebody else's eyes. So with this game, the particle effects are and the the, the interactions between... Um, hits and the sparks and everything that has to do with those type of visuals, they look really bad to me, man. And I, I can't. I don't know how much to attribute that to watching that on stream versus how bad it is actually. But I can't really say that if I were to play this game, that it would look much better just by the way that it looks on stream. It could, mm. but you can only take. I think good to great. You can't take bad to good. Like it doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah, true. The game looks neat. I can't. Like I said, I can't really talk much about the King of Fighters because I haven't played it. You haven't played it, but just visually from watching people play it, it's all I can say. It doesn't. It fumbles on some things, animations, hit sparks, but hopefully people are having a good time. I guess. Not us. I think that. 
Yeah, I only saw a very teensy bit of it. I'm just kind of upset with the eight playable characters in a roster. Like, 39 plus more rings? Come on, man. You got to give me a little more than that. At least 10 or something. I'd still be upset if it was 10, though, honestly. But, yeah, I, I can't really say I haven't played it. They just hit me with the PS Plus. You know, people have said that they would... Uh, I heard someone say they probably will do the extending of the beta. What if they don't? Why do we think they're going to do that? Because Strive you know did. I, That's the only reason we're thinking yeah, that. Yeah. Seriously, though, because, like, if they get all their information, why the hell are they going to extend it? They don't really need to if people are playing it. Yeah. But it would be funny if they it would be funny if they did it. And I'll be like, well, damn, they really did mess us up. That's, I guess Jam is right. New SNK is messed up, man. They just want my money. Yeah. Yeah, the that that that's bad. I mean, I don't know even now, and it's at seven fifty-five Central Time as I'm saying this. Even now on Saturday, and the beta came out yesterday. It's almost twenty-four hours. It's still not fixed. You still need technically PlayStation yeah. Plus to play the beta when they set it on their website that you will not require it. Which um, that's a, that's an issue. They still haven't fixed it. So. I don't know what. How, do, how does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> like that thing. Like I, I boot it up. I'm like, okay, done downloading. I click it and it says it. It scrolls like the little bar, little little things scrolling, and then it just takes me straight to the PS Plus menu, and I'm like, damn, I wasn't ready for this mix up. <laughs> yeah, I know everybody in Discord outside of Pants, but that's because he has PlayStation Plus. But outside of Pants, everybody who has tried to get on there without PlayStation Plus was not able to. And you know what the real yeah. mix-up is? You know immediately once you hit the $10 for PlayStation Plus, they'll be like, all right, everybody, we fixed it. It's free now. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not paying. Exactly. I don't want to pay for that. PlayStation Plus is a sham, man. It is. So uh, sorry, Jam. I know you had a question for Pringle about which character... Um, was his favorite experience, but uh, we didn't get to play it. So, rest in peace. Hopefully, I can exp I can answer that next week. But who knows? I'm not really holding on to anything that if they extend it or not, I don't know. Motherfuckers might not. Yeah, they might not. But this next news item came right before we sat down to record this, and this is actually pretty exciting. Pringle Project L. It's pretty cool. Project L details finally got revealed, and. It was they're pretty good, pretty good. I, I like I like the whole um, presentation that the way they did it because it wasn't a tease, but it wasn't overly. I guess it, they didn't provide too much information because they simply they didn't want to show all their cards. But the way they did it, I thought was really well, well done. Um, it was very, I would say, it was very grounded. It's just two dudes like brothers. Mm -hmm. Man, they look they <laughs> look so funny how they look, they're twins. Mm -hmm. And they're like, man, we just want to make y'all a game. And they're sitting up with a bunch of turned off arcade setups in the back. And I was like, yeah, I like that. It's cool. Yeah. So let's get into it. So on November 20th, which is today, Riot finally revealed an updated look at the upcoming League of Legends inspired fighting game dubbed Project L. Evo and GGPO founders Tom and Tony Cannon helmed the presentation, as we spoke about, and discussed all sorts of details for the game, and so far, here is what we know. Project L will be an assist-based fighter set in the world of Runeterra. The goal for the game is to be fast-paced with dynamic combat while also leaving room for creativity and fundamentals. I think that's a that's a goal for a lot of games. It's it's whether you achieve that goal is the is the question. Yeah, 
Man, oh boy, that's a hard mm-hmm. one. Uh, controls in the game will be approached with the idea of an easy to learn, hard to master mentality, which I very much assume so because of the fact of the project that they did with Rising Thunder would have would have really indicated that this is how they're trying to approach Project Del. At least that was my that was my speculation with that. I think that's I like that mm-hmm. way. Um, we saw some of the command normal inputs and some strings. However, Tom Cannon specified that, quote, this isn't about building a game where new players have a chance at beating the pros. It's about unlocking the fun levels at all, or rather unlocking fun at all skill levels. You know, if I would have heard that line or sentence from anybody else, I'd be like, he's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, man. But this yeah, is Tom yeah. Cannon. I, I believe yeah, the FGC. I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't let me down, Tom. But I really do think that he 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 really means yeah. that. Now, again, whether they, they execute it the way we want to be determined. But I do believe him when he says that. Um, we also saw a glimpse of Echo's game plan translated into a fighting game in which he uses time manipulation to attack or defend against his opponents, as well as work in tandem with his assist partner. That was such a cool mechanic using time manipulations. I was like, "Whoa, what? Okay, yo, whoa, 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 chill, slow down, mm-hmm. man." Very creative. That was pretty. Yeah, yeah, very, very creative, dude. Uh, I really like that. When it comes to the netcode, by no surprise, Project L is going to go with rollback in mind from the start, which I would assume is GGPO. I mean, these guys made GGPO, so. Yeah, I uh, man, from the freaking boss themselves, mm-hmm. man. Let's get it. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing that, in addition to the rollback netcode, uh, network traffic will be routed via Riot Direct, an internal network developed by Riot, in which is already being implemented and used to minimize latency in games like League of Legends and Valorant. So, what it does is that it will actively measure the connection from one opponent to another to ensure a fair experience. So, the game will be able to say, okay, one person is lagging, so I'm going to make his experience worse than the person whose connection is fine. So if if you're losing packets, you're suffering, not me, not both of us. It's on your end. The other cool thing that it does is it will be able to determine penalties for people who exit early or quit matches, basically rage quitting. So that means the netcode itself will be the, the penalizer. So... If you're having a bad experience and you decide to quit, well, guess what? That's my win. Give me your points. <laughs> that's so sick. That's pretty sick. There is one way they can take it in a really messed up way. There's a there's lockout times. Oh, I don't like lockout times, man. It can happen to anybody, man. Storm comes, hits, and then you rage quit, supposedly. Then you got to face. I remember like uh, Smash 4 would do like 30-minute lockout times. They've even done like days, man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't doubt it. That is really really sick. I I would be okay with lockout times if you did like three rage quits within an hour. Yeah. Um, But I mean, if you got one rage quit within eight hours, I mean, it's probably a DC of some sort. And uh, the, the last thing, the closing out the presentation was really neat because it was Tom Cannon saying, hey, we know we ghosted you guys last time when we showed Project L mostly because we didn't have any information. He made it clear this game is really far away. 
it's not close. We're working on it, but we'll attempt to share more information once we have it and as development continues. So they'll they'll be more proactive in sharing uh, what's happening with this game. But they have been clear that this is not near future stuff. This is probably a few years away, I would assume, but they're making good progress on it. This is hard to digest because it literally just came out right before we sat down. I will say it's so hard to say anything about this game right now because whether it's the art style or the mechanics, the graphics, the animations, it's all so early, right? What's the point of really criticizing any of it outside of initial reaction, I guess? It did look a little clunky, the animations, I will say, but it, again, it's so early. I don't really expect it to look great. Um, the art style is not really my cup of tea, but it's something I could see myself warming up to. How do you feel yeah. about that? I actually like the yeah. art style. Let me let me double check what it is. It's almost, it kind of looks like there's... Like cell-shaded. Yeah, cell-shaded. It reminded me a little bit of that other free game uh, with the, the hard paint, like the hard like uh painted lines almost like the the borders on the characters where they have Is that indie yeah um, i forgot what it's called already that, fantasy strike where it meant. oh yeah yeah okay so now that i'm looking at it again the footage they showed us bef- the trailer before was more 3d looking mm-hmm. like the characters like and now the one they have more like more tighter shading it's almost similar to uh grand blue a little bit yeah yeah, man, it's uh, somewhat similar to Grand Blue in that case. Almost like, yeah, pretty pretty similar compared to what we saw before, where it was like just 3D color. It was more Street Fighter esque um, in the Rune Terror world. I mean, uh, it was. Uh, they definitely decided to to tweak the art style, and I I don't know about you. I wasn't expecting. I guess because I think they're going to have so many characters, or I'd rather champions. I wasn't expecting an assist base fighter, but it would make sense because they probably want to add so many that it would make uh, a better transition. transition. I would, I'll be honest, man. I don't really like two versus two, man. I like my, I want my three, man. Like, I don't know why they picked two. Two is easier, but like three is sick, man. If they went the Skullgirls route where they let people pick how much. That'd be godlike, man. They wouldn't be ready for that, though. I don't think anybody... Skullgirls dropped all that innovation, and everybody was like, nah. <laughs> but it, that would be sick if they did that. But the assist um, was pretty interesting. It does. It's probably because they have all those characters, and it makes sense that they would do that. I'm not too much of a fan of that, because I would prefer, if you're going to go that way, why don't you go all the way? That's me. But I think 2 is really cool. And depending on how they go about their assist system is going to be good. I hope they go about it in a very interesting and very interesting method, not just like DBFZ where they kind of forget that it's an assist-based game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. And I think I, I like the art style. I will say when they showed Echo, that was pretty cool because towards the end, Homeboy can wave dash. I was like, oh, that's pretty sick. Yeah, no, that was that was a really cool way of showing your one of the way a character translates from one game to a fighting game and the the creative way in which they put him in there was so cool something that just dawned on me and i i only watched the trailer once obviously because we were rushing 
they said an assist-based fighter, but they didn't say attack fighter, did they? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So I was like, maybe they mean Is like this million Arthur. You play as one character. Yeah, you you play one character, and then you get like also like what else game did that? Um, what's that? The uh, uh, Neo fighting climax. What thing called? What, the, the, the Geki Boko? No, no, no. Well, that one did it too. But it was the little girls. They kind of hearts. Yeah, there we go, man. They did that too. So. I was thinking they might be actually aiming for that, which would be easier in that sense, as opposed to an actual like tag game. Hmm. Yeah, I because I guess maybe they could put like the support class as assist only sure. characters, and the fighters or the assassins or the mages as actual roster picks. Yeah, right. I would have to watch the trailer, very... again, but I don't know. They I don't remember them saying the word tag once. They, they said assist, yeah. So I'm definitely up, up in there. I, I, it's gonna be very interesting what they plan on doing with that game, man. The fact that like, I hope we get like little bits here and there spread through a couple months every once in a while of like what they're doing now with the game, as opposed to how they kind of like just went silent. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting. I really want to know how the uh, honestly, like, one of my I know it's kind of weird, but one of my thoughts is uh, how are they gonna like price it that's what i've been wondering like how's that going to be priced that's a big one because then riot just come out with one of their first ever or one not first ever but i think um they can't an rpg game yeah that, right? that actually had a price tag to it where everything else that they've done traditionally has been free to play i don't uh, i don't know how project l is going to do i think it's called like ruined king or yeah ruined yeah king, yep, yep. i've not seen that thing before man honestly but, but i don't think that's free that one Oh yeah, yeah. It's thirty bucks. Yeah, on Steam. Yeah. And normally all their stuff is free, so I wonder if Project L will have a price tag to it. Not sure. That'll be interesting. Be smart though yep. if it didn't have one, or if it was really dirt cheap, like five bucks. Yeah, and then you just sell skins. Uh -huh. No gems, please, please. No, no gems. <laughs> stamina out here, selling stamina. But selling plate. That that was a. Uh, that was a great way of uh, ending the news because we were lucky. Today we had our topic of the week had everything to do with Project L. So, uh, mm. yeah, let's get to topic of the week. Round two, topic of the week. This came from a Discord conversation, which I thought, I thought was very interesting. And uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, hey, you know what? We should talk about this on the podcast. And I figured... And this was before the Project L news. Let's pick mm. our characters or our wants in Project L. So, as I said, there was a conversation about Project L and what it could look like, who would be in the cast. And so, uh, we were talking about these champions. I call them characters, but they're champions um, in this yeah. game. And the ones that like you could see yourself playing. So here are the rules for this exercise. We both did this. I made you do a little homework. <laughs> yeah, um, it was hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it was an open book, luckily. <laughs> um, you, got, you get five selections total, and they must be in order of interest. So rank one must be the highest interest that you have for a character. Rank five is the lowest interest. Um, must make uh, the visual selection based solely off of the default skin. 
So whatever you see as a default is how you you pick your character. It's not like I don't I'll only play this character if she's in this skin or whatever. Um, uh, explain for each character why you pick them, and if you had the ability to choose their first DLC because you know that's what's going to happen as a costume, which one would you go with? So I have all the all the stats, or rather all the picks and the and the costumes that we picked. Uh, but here's a neat stat. So mm-hmm. League of Legends categorizes their champions via the classes assassins, fighters, mages, marksmen, support, and tanks. Here were the picks. Some some classes overlap, but I just took the mm-hmm. the first class and that's what I used. Mm-hmm. Your fi- top five picks featured four fighters and one mage. You like fighting. I'm a fighter. <laughs> uh, my top five picks featured two fighters, one assassin, one mage, and one marksman. So I kind of like fighting. <laughs> yeah, I like to mix it up. So we'll go. What we'll do is uh, we'll go with our lowest interest, and then move up to the top. Uh, so I'll I'll read your pick, and then I'll read my pick, and then we'll kind of discuss why we picked them at that slot, and we'll we'll move on. So your first pick is Vagar, and explain to me why did you pick Vagar? Oh, uh, so you messed me up, man. When you told me that I had to pick them by stuff how they look, when you know I'm a function guy, right. man, I gotta know what they do. How <laughs> strong is this guy? Is he powerful? Is he weak? I don't well, we know. Don't man. know yet. That's the thing. Um, I just picked him because he's like I like short characters, so usually like whenever they're short, like. I kind of have this idea where it's pretty cool when they're short, but they're extremely powerful, kind of like Yoda mm. or like any little character that they do that. So I like the short characters and he looked kind of sick. So that was one of the reasons why I picked him for that one. And you went for, if you could pick any DLC for the first one, you went, you went with Omega Squad, Vagar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's... yeah that one looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a really cool scan. I, I have to admit that, that, that yeah. looks pretty sick. Um, that's a, that's a good one. I, I like it. I like the pick. Um, my top, my fifth pick for Project L, who I would play, I went with Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I like, uh, I play a lot of these crazy girls and and fighting games. Um, yeah. There's something, obviously, by the just by the default skin of Evelyn. I don't know anything about her, but yeah. there's definitely something sinister about this this lady. Uh, so I was like, yeah, she looks badass. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll play her. Eat your soul. And I couldn't decide between... There, she has two costumes that I would go with. One is Coven. The other is Blood Moon. I like Coven a lot because, to be honest, it reminds me a little bit of the way Claymore's look. And I was like, hey, that's that's kind of sick. Mm. Uh, but I think I would go with Blood Moon. Uh, Blood Moon, to me, looks more like a fighting game character. So that, that would be my pick for the first... Uh, first dlc costume for evelyn but she's my she's in my fifth slot she looks like she'll take breakups very well all right uh so your pick at number four is another short character you went with poppy yeah, yeah, yeah. yep same stuff like this one looked particularly much like so like with uh what's this dude vagar he was like it's saying like he gets like he's got like that dark magic you know sinister look but this one was like one of those like dwarf mm-hmm. freakish strength you know i like that type of character especially when it's like a girl because then it's just funny yeah 
So then, yeah. I'm sure you you pick those characters because you can't get any uh, any fuzzies on you because you're so short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's cool. I just like the short character. They, they, yeah, I just like them being short. <laughs> yeah. And for your uh, your DLC costume, you went with Hextech. Yeah. Why did you go with Hextech? Looks like she just went through a whole nother evolution, bro. Like she's really about to destroy some heads. Man. That's a gorilla looking yeah. character. This is her you know, second I mean, phase Digimon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah, that's the second phase Digimon. Yeah, yeah, man. I like it. It's very blue, very lightning-esque. It's, it's cool. I like it. All right. Uh, for my fourth pick, I went with, I hope I'm saying this right, Kale? I think that's how you say that. Yeah. The, these projects, or rather, these League of Legends nerds are going to be like, that's yeah, not how you man. pronounce that. Um, so Kale is the one on the right. She's the one who's more righteous in that one. Uh-huh. And gotcha. uh, the reason why I went with her is just because she looked like a knight. And I don't know. I like I like female knights. Um, obviously, I, I'm a big fan of Claymore. Not that she looks like a Claymore, but I do like that archetype almost of just... Uh, uh, females with very large weapons. So she she looked neat. Um, for my DLC costume for Kale, I went with Judgment because oh, man. those scales are so badass to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like I will judge you based on whether you deserve to get your ass whooped or not. <laughs> yeah, she looks take a break break up very well either. <laughs> I have an archetype, that's for sure. Um, uh, <laughs> ju- judgment Kale though that that she's she looks sick. That's why that's why I picked her. All right, for your three, I hope I'm saying this name right again. Um, for your third pick, you went with V, or is her name is her name six? <laughs> I don't know, man. I was thinking it was V, v man. Okay, <laughs> um, man, we don't know anything about League of Legends, do we? <laughs> I mean, uh, V, because when you pull up the image of the other thing, it's V and then just the I. Okay. Okay, okay. So you went with V. Um, I'm assuming, I'm going to say this. Did you pick V because she looks like uh, a Runeterra version of Mika from Undernight? (laughs) 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 Those giant freaking gauntlets? (laughs) That's the freaking, uh, that's the, yo, let me give you some hands, dog. (laughs) I like that one. Let me give you some hands. Yeah. She looks cool. Um, I wonder if she's a boxer of some sort. I would assume, right? Uh, I don't know. I know. It'd be sick if she was, though. Yeah. Why she just uses her feet? <laughs> and and you went with Arcane V. Why'd you go with Arcane yeah. V for the DLC costume? I don't know. I, I think it's just because out of all the other ones, it, it looked kind of odd. So I think I went with this one because it looked more grounded. Yeah. She even got her ink tattooed on her face. I just realized. Yeah, that she too, does. Man. She's got the nose ring. Yeah, yeah that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Those things look heavy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's that's pretty neat. All right. So for number three on my end, I went with Twisted Fate. Oh man, this dude's gambit, bro. Yes. He is. Uh I went with Twisted Fate because cards are cool. I li- I like cards. They're not a weapon that you see a lot in fighting games, at least I don't think. Um, obviously, Persona uses cards, but in a different way, not so much as a weapon, unless you're Elizabeth or or Margaret. But uh, yeah. again, the the, ga- the whole Gambit uh, sort of impression that he has, kind of kind of neat. Uh, but I love his DLC costume that I picked, which is Jack of Hearts. Um, 
sad. It looks like he's like his ultimate armor. You know it does. I mean? He almost looked like a robot there with yeah, with the fluorescent eyes. Uh, it looks it looks pretty sick. And uh, something about tipping the hat is kind of cool to me for some reason. I, I like that. <laughs> it's kind of neat. All right, for your second pick. So this is your second most. Uh, if if uh, if you could play this character, this would be your your number two option. You went with Jax. You know what I realize? A lot of these characters outside of V is you went with like uh, weapon characters, like mallet characters. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. I didn't usually like. I'll try to pick the characters that use their hands, mm. but I like the weapons sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Jax looks uh, pretty sinister. Why'd you pick Jax? I don't know, man. He looked like he was just jack you up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this DLC, though. Like, I think that's where it, it came down with this. It's very uh, Yoshi-esque. Yeah, man. I really like that DLC. It's really sick, mm. man. And he's using a spear this time, right? Or I guess, would you call that a spear? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that, uh, the in the temple uh, version of him, I don't know what that is, man. I just know that like a lot of uh, those temple guys use that protectors of temples or whatever they use that yeah that's a that's a that's a cold skin though i gotta say that's, yeah, yeah that's a good one that's a good pick i i like that one now for my second pick this is that marksman i was talking about i went with graves um the only reason why i picked graves is because i find it so hilarious that he shoots people while still smoking a cigar <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that's pretty sick also i like badass looking dudes uh outside of crazy ladies and fighting games i play badass looking dudes that aren't too edgelord and for my uh for my dlc costume i want a crime city because wow this is horror vision man <laughs> yeah, it's uh this, this is a cold I, I, this, is, this is a cold one too there's something about it it's um it's almost like an old school way of of looking at uh, a fictional character even though like we don't know what old school means for them but i don't know there's something about the aesthetic of this costume that i'm like yeah i can get behind that see i don't know if he killed somebody but in that picture you could see somebody on the floor man some arms and leg and hand right yeah. there there's a foot i see a foot for sure <laughs> yeah, 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 man. <laughs> yeah um that's probably why he would be walking away from the scene mm -hmm. all right for the number one pick uh this is very interesting because i don't think we share any character in oh, no. in any fighting game yeah but uh you picked lee sin now i have a feeling Lord. why i I, th I think i know why you picked lee sin but explain to you why'd you go with lee sin he's a martial artist man. <laughs> you know, down with that man i was like oh definitely he's gotta go in there and then i I saw that he had a knockout. The knockout skin is like a boxing skin. So I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. You went with knockout skin. I know you like your boxers. Uh, that's a great looking skin, too. I have to go. Uh, I have to agree with you there. So for my number one pick, to no surprise, I picked Lee Sin as well. <laughs> yeah. um, again, he's a martial artist. The other cool part about him is that I learned recently he's blind. He can't see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, easy. Okay. But that's why he wears the headband around his eyes. Um and uh, similar to Evelyn, he had two skins that I was really yeah. interested in. One is Muay Thai because I love Muay Thai fighters. I swear that's a Sagat. Nah, it, it is. looks almost just like it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's a Sagat skin. Uh, yeah. I saw that one for sick. Yeah. The other one is Godfist. I think Godfist is so cold looking. Like it's so Dude, good. Godfist is, he reached enlightenment. He's got, he knows every martial arts in the world. Right. <laughs> um, 
as much as I like the Muay Thai skin, I think I would go with Godfist for my pick. But I had to put them both over there because I was just like, man, these two are they're hard to pick from. I thought about Godfist too. I was like, yo. <laughs> those are those are pretty good. Um but yeah, it's kind of funny how we got both Project mm-hmm. L news and we're gonna talk about this. But I I hope I, I don't know if any of these characters will show up in Project L. I would assume just from talking to people that play League of Legends in the Discord that mm-hmm. uh, our first pick Lee Sin is uh, very very likely because of the fact like you pointed out he's a martial artist and he translates very well mm-hmm. to a fighting game so I would really like to see him see him in mm-hmm. me too yeah. and I think you'll also see V or or 6 or whatever her name is <laughs> yeah I think she'll pop by something about her character arc I uh yeah I feel like she yeah. will you just reminded me of Mika too with the big ass mm-hmm. hands <laughs> yeah well, that was fun. Well, now we can get to some Hollywood mail. Round three, Hollywood mail. So sorry, Jam. I know we were supposed to read your question, but we couldn't get to it because no KOF. But we have another person on Patreon who asks questions all the time, and that is Zio. And he asks, if you had a game you were looking to compete seriously in, and he says, yes, I understand this concept is a Herculean mental stretch for Mac. Would you Correct. be willing to pick a character you don't particularly like but gives you good results over a character you like but it gives you the worst results? I think this is basically a, a simple character loyalty question. The character that you like mm-hmm. but sucks versus the character that you don't like but is top tier. For competitive mm. reasons, if you had to compete in a circuit, high stakes, What's your pick? Are you going with the loyalty route or are you going with whatever wins? That's kind of hard, man. It depends on how bad. I guess well, you just said it, but uh, well, I, you can use both. I mean, what's to say you can't? You try with Old Faithful, and if Old Faithful don't work out, man, you pull out the the, the top tier, man. <laughs> so That's the way I think you should go about it. Yeah, but ultimately, you would switch. Yeah, yeah, I would probably switch. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, it depends because personally, I know this is, I I will switch for the context of this question, but personally, I wouldn't have gotten to that point using a character that is just better than mine, honestly. I don't think I would have gotten to that point because if I'm not enjoying it with my character, I probably won't enjoy the game in general. So I wouldn't really even bother playing it. I I feel that. Um, I would go the same way, to be honest. I. I've done this before. You know, as much as I'm a Narukami fan, you know, I love Narukami. I've never played once with Narukami in tournament, even though he is the best pick that you could pick, right? Like outside of Igus or like Margaret or whatever, pick Narukami. Mm -hmm. He's safe. You know, it's a a great pick. Every time I played in tournament and Persona, I always pick Labrys and she sucks. She's she's the worst. (laughs) But I never switched. Anytime I picked... I, I played Persona offline. It was always Labrys. And yeah, man. I, I don't regret it because what's the point of winning if it's not with the one who got you there, right? Yeah, it's just not as fun, really. I understand. Well, that's, that's the thing, too. There's not The stakes aren't so high. Like, I have to win. It's more like I got here out of my own, like, enjoyment. So, you know, that's the way I see it. It's like, eh, I don't, if I'm not making it with what I like, I probably wouldn't even bother playing, to be honest. Yeah. I see it. But I mean, if I really got into a game and I'm really trying to win, I still believe I'll hold on to that same. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I'd be able to 
just switch to a top tier. It's just not in my personality. It wouldn't work very well for me personally because all the intricacies and all the small things I, I've learned would be in the character that I've spent more time with. So whenever I would switch, unless I put a, a fair amount of time into the character, it probably wouldn't work well. Because it's kind of like with Skullgirls. Like, the Skullgirls, I could play all these characters, but in reality, I'm a affiliate player. Like, it's like, I can't, like, I can play Bella, sure, but it, I won't translate as good as I, as it does when I play Philia, mm-hmm. so. I'll say one exception to that question, though. If it's mm-hmm. a clear mismatch, and it's just the the easiest way to get a W, and if I'm competing, like, let's say it's, uh, whatever, Sagat Hugo, I'll pick Sagat. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm, if instead of picking Adon, it's easier to pick Sagat, yeah. yeah, I'll pick Sagat. But if it's, if I'm playing Ryu, I'll just keep playing Adon, right? Like, I'll just, I'll just play Adon in tournament. Um, yeah. But that's the only time that the exception, but in a game like Tekken or a game like, tfh what's the point of switching really like yeah you know. and i would say that's usually the games i kind of try to subscribe to the games where i don't have to worry so much about my character not being that good because i really don't like those kind of games to be honest yeah. uh the next question is the one we rolled back last week it comes from goofy on discord and he asks, what is the most common thing that has prevented you from playing a game could it be factors such as community general execution how many resources are there available, etc. Best regards, your boy, Goofy. I have a feeling I know what yours is. Well, what's mine? Netcode. Ah, uh, yeah. It's not, I was going to say time, but oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Netcode is a for real ass one. Yeah, dude. I I literally will not touch games with decent to bad Netcode. Like, I'm barely, like, I barely went through sc- Rivals and I was like, I don't think I could keep playing this Netcode, man. But like, and now I got rollbacks. So, but, dude, I, I don't, you'll you'll tell me thirty games, and I'm like, there's only four of them that I'll actually play. <laughs> yeah, I I would say it's not for me. It's not community because I don't give a damn about the community, man. <laughs> no, no, I've played the two games that I love the most. To be honest, I don't I don't interact with the community at all. I mean. As, as many hours as I have in Tekken, as many hours as I have in Persona 4 Arena, I don't care for either community, to be honest. I don't find them to be very nice um, or very supportive. Um, I don't know. Something about those two communities I just don't vibe with. Uh, Persona's a little different because I find a lot of those guys to be weird. But uh, yeah. Yeah. but Tekken, they're just salty a lot. And they're... Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's something about them. Not not to say that there aren't pockets in both of those communities that are really cool and chill, but the ones that I've been exposed to, I rather just remove myself and just play either by myself without talking to anybody about it, or if I can find my own pocket and be like and and kind of create my own little community. But um, something that d- deterred me from playing game. It's definitely not visuals because I play ponies. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's netcode, but even even with bad netcode, sometimes I will find myself playing like under night and birth. So I, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. still will sometimes play bad delay. Something that I can't do for sure, though, is when developers take control away from me. Like, um, 
that's yeah. something that I've really experienced with BB Tag. Like, I can't do it, dude. Like, I I love those characters in BB Tag. A lot of them, uh, even the tag mechanics aren't too bad. But once you start taking control away from me here and there and also over here, I can't do it. Like, it's just, it's not for me. So once I, I find that I don't, I don't get the full fighting game experience that I'm accustomed to, that's when I dip. That's when I just stop. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I've not had... I was going to say uh, uh, another reoccurring thing could be a character. Sometimes if I can't really find a character, I don't really stick around. Yeah, that's a, that's a valid one too. Yeah. All right. Aramund on Discord asks, Hey, Mac and Pringle, I wanted to get your opinion on posting replays that aren't yours without permission. On YouTube, there are channels that take replays from Fightcade and upload them. I love these channels, and I'm trying, or rather, when I'm trying to learn an older fighter, I can look up matches for my specific character. That is pretty useful. Mm -hmm. Though when I have, I have found both, or rather, though when I have found replays of people I know in other discords, some of them didn't like it, here are the two reasons I've come across. One, some don't like it because they were either having a, an off night or didn't play well and were either learning a new character and were getting blown up. So basically a bad impression of their execution <laughs> uh, or of their skills. Reason number two, one guy I know streams all of his sets on Twitch and uploads them to YouTube later. He said sometimes these channels will upload them onto their channel before he does. He now plays on the Steam and PS4 version of the game if he can, just so he can, uh, just so they don't do this instead of Fightcade. Mm -hmm. So my question is, do you think these YouTube replay channels should get permission from the players first before posting them? Have you had anybody take one of your replays from any game and post them on YouTube without your consent or your knowledge? I think so. Yeah. I think people have done that. I mean, like, I'm a YouTuber, so, right. like, anywhere they can find my stuff, they just, like, toss it. Right. So I think they've done that with me. I don't really care. Um, I feel like it's kind of like... What's it called with with the library public domain? Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Yep. <laughs> like, it, it kind of is, because, like... I know some people sometimes, like, I can understand where they're upload footage and they'll, like, blur out the name. I can understand that a little bit sometimes. I don't know, man. People catching their feelings when they be losing, man. I don't know what it is, man, but we, we really do be catching in our feelings when we, when we be losing. So, personally, I don't feel like you should really need permission, honestly. Unless it's got their video, their face or something like that. People do that all the time on the internet, man. They just kind of take people's, con like footage all the time it could be any game too and they some people will be like oh this is this is from like such and such which i think is nice but it's like whatever i don't know i don't think people should give a damn about that stuff i kind of agree with you whether you should ask for permission i think it would be nice um to yeah, do. yeah that'd be nice, do yeah. you have to i don't think so so um persona used to have this feature where it would upload the replay of your match if 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 the game thought it was a good match. So it's called mm. like best didn't replays it, or something. Didn't it just save your matches? I always felt like Persona had a replay match too. Uh, yeah, it just saved a lot of your, which is really cool back then. Now that you think about it, it just automatically did it. 
Now games, you got to fight to get that going. But on <laughs> on the replay channel, you could save your match to your own uh, drive so you can find it to your own profile. But mm-hmm. a lot of times the game would save replays and upload them to this thing called best replays uh, section in the mm-hmm. theater. And if it would be like if, yeah, if two that. highly ranked players are fighting each other, the game would see, hey, this was a very close contested three round fight. We're going to put this on the best replays. And then people would go through that archive and then put it on YouTube as on their yeah. channel. And that is public domain because when you sign up to play these games, you're also signing your rights away to be on the replay channel. And if anybody does it, it's not a big deal. Um, somebody did it with one mm-hmm. of my replays before and I just randomly found it. I was like, oh, hey, that's me playing Narukami. Beat, yeah. Beating this Yukiko's ass. But... I don't think you need permission. It's just a nice thing to do. One thing that you brought up is like the content vultures. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that, fine. But don't monetize. Don't monetize your videos because that is you're just stealing at that point. Um, and that's Dude, that's annoying. What was that guy that was doing it with Tekken footage that everybody was really getting pissed Big off about? Daddy Jende. Yes, that dude, man. Oh, this is when I was watching a lot of Tekken. Dude, he was getting everybody's footage. His his problem, his his stupidity is the fact that he would upload tournament footage almost immediately afterwards. It's like, bro, give it a grace period. If you're going to go about it, do it a smart way. This dude did not do it smart at all. He just kept grabbing footage. And the problem is, is that because he's the first one to upload it, it would take from the actual Tekken youtube channel views it would take from their views so it's like dude and then people would go to his stuff first so yeah it's he's a vulture i mean uh i I believe he stopped since but yeah people started reporting him and asking him to put his stuff down man yeah there's a there's a bunch of channels that used to do this um i don't know if they're maybe perhaps they're not as rampant now or if because we just Mm. haven't had that many offline tournaments they had no content i think that's why man we haven't had that because like i feel like at one point we were having so much of those but yeah and it and uh right quick just to say just to add one thing uh, i will say that like man i can't count many i I, there's definitely footage of me getting my ass blasted in other and other games so i'm out there man like i don't think people should care too much man Unless it's insecure people. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people just kind of get getting their feelings about losing. Yeah. Um, it's all right. We all lost. Look at low tier guy. That dude is living off everybody. I know. <laughs> everybody else is living off his, his, his. No kidding. Yeah. He's providing. He is feeding children right now, bro. There's so many channels that are just dedicated to upload his rage clips or his losing clips. It's funny. Yeah, man. All right. That's funny as hell, dude. We got two more questions. These are the ones that we rolled back. Uh, the first one comes from Twitter. LLDJ asks, I don't know if you saw uh, JM Croft's tweet, but what do you think, what do you guys believe is the most misused term in the FGC? I didn't see that tweet, but I'm assuming that's what it meant. I don't pay attention to his Twitter. No. Um, the most misused term in the FGC? Hmm. I don't know. There's there's probably a bunch of them that are just thrown out in the ether. I can't really pinpoint one that I'm like, all right, stop saying that. 
Roll back. Roll back. I was like, <laughs> everybody's not getting that word right no more, man. No, I was like, I don't really know, actually. Maybe like uh, dead, right? Dead character, dead game. Dead game. Yeah, that's one that they use. I'm like, hey, man, two people still play. It's just called life support. Yeah. <laughs> Discord fighter. There's a lot of stuff that people like, like just belittling games. Like, cause like, hey, if I'm not having yeah. fun, you shouldn't have fun either. Hey, like, that's that's how that's the mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would say like, oh, dead game. Discord fighters probably. Yeah. yeah dead is more popular. I would say. Yeah. That that's one that's annoying. But no, I to be honest, I don't. Uh, hang out on Twitter as much anymore, uh, which is, mm-hmm. has been good for my health. Only when I, <laughs> only when like I look for news or something, or if I just want to tweet something. Uh, but like I, I get on, do my thing, and get off. Like I don't hang out. Um, yeah, I don't really use it too often. I just get kind of bored of it. Yeah. So. I like Reddit more because I can go on like uh, specific things I'm looking to talk mm-hmm. about. Like I can go to Dragon Quest Reddit. Of course, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The last question we got for this week comes from Icebox551 on Twitter, and he asks, do you feel that after the last Evo and with current events, the FGC has changed in a way? And what are your personal feelings on it? If so, especially after having taken a break from it. Mm. You know, we talked about this on the first uh, episode since we came back. Um, Mm. I was saying I felt like I was kind of falling out of love with fighting games for a bit. Yeah. And... I wasn't falling out of love with fighting games. I was falling out of love with the FGC because I. Yeah, that's two different beasts, man. <laughs> I saw the way it was going, um, and I still don't really like the FGC now, man. Like the the mainstream FGC. There's something about it that I'm like, I don't identify with it anymore. I used to. I used to really like it when I first got into it. I was like, man, this is so sick. Like, it's a neat community, but uh, yeah, the the lack of offline. And everything being online, less personal. There's the it's just a different vibe overall. Um, and then also being a content creator in the in the in the space, I look at other content creators and I see a disconnect there too. Not to say that I'm doing something right and they're doing wrong, or that they're doing right and I'm doing wrong, but I don't find myself to really take any sort of inspiration from anything in this community anymore like it's just i like the games a lot now i don't like what people have to say about them because a lot of it Mm -hmm. is so reactionary a lot of it is negative as well not that you can't be negative but being negative with a purpose like if you have a legit reason why you don't like something okay i understand versus just saying well okay that you know i I don't like this so you shouldn't like this Um, i don't know but yeah, I would say my feelings have changed, not so much since the hiatus, but I think uh, for the last couple of years, I would say the last couple of years, I've kind of fallen out of love with the FGC part of fighting games. Yeah, I would say I had a lot more fun playing fighting games before. <laughs> Dude, before I was playing everything and anything, I was like, well, yo, Persona Ultimax, yo, Ultra Street Fighter 4, yo, Skullgirls, yo, boy, was playing Guilty Gear, I was playing everything, I was like, and I was so much, I was enjoying the hell out of it. Now I'm just like every once in a while I'll pop a game for a couple of hours and I'm good for the week. <laughs> yeah, you're really just a rivals player now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I really am just dude, I gotta show y'all the stuff I've been doing in the game. It's so cool, but 
yeah, I'm really just a rivals player. That's pretty sick. I don't really even. I'm not even in that Discord, dude. So you know, I don't even want to really talk to the community at all. I just try to fight people, and if they're cool, they might send me an invite, and then I have somebody else to fight. Yeah, that's kind of how I did it with Skullgirls too. After a while, because I was like the, the the Discord and Skullgirls, I was like, I don't really want to talk in there. So I just I have a small group of people that play uh, them uh, Skullgirls on Steam, and I just add them. And stuff. Yeah, maybe when tournament. Tournaments will come back. It'll be it'll feel more cooler. But I definitely think that the lack of the on the uh, the on offline setting um, has definitely or the yeah the no the lack of offline mm -hmm. setting has definitely put us into a everybody was just kind of stewing in their houses, looking up social media, getting upset at each other, and not enough unity and all this type of a lot stuff. of venom so, out there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah a lot of poison. Mm -hmm. You know, but. Uh... Yeah, I think once we get back to offline, hopefully we can get some of that old feeling back. Mm -hmm. But if not, we'll still do our things in smaller pockets, which is kind of cool too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had a lobby night uh, yesterday. Oh, how were those going? Good. Yeah, man. it was fun. It was really fun just hanging out. Uh, obviously, none of us could play KOF, so people were disappointed. But we played. Uh, we started with Melty, and then more people showed up. No, they didn't have Melty, so we switched to Strive because more people had Strive. And then when People left for KOF and then came back. They were like, what do you guys want to play? We just play Street Fighter Five, And it was actually kind of fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is, it's, Street Fighter Five is that type of game that it's so simple and fun. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. I, uh, I really enjoyed the lobby night. And there's a bunch of free games on Steam that are actually kind of baller. I'm saying we don't <laughs> always have to play fighting games on Hollywood. We can have a lobby yeah, night that's just like this platform. Final Fantasy XIV, oh, dog, let's get it, Mag, oh, time. <laughs> Not yet, not yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Dirk feature of the week. This week is... Uh, you got the collar? I do have the collar. It's right here. You got to pull out the collar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's right here. It's going to something that I truly, truly love. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. Persona 4 Arena. I forgot what brought this up. Remember we were talking about pace and fighting games? This game is so neat because you have one character in Naoto who's zoning for mm. like 93 seconds, setting traps, bullets, bullets, personas out there. Keep away, keep away, keep away, right? And Akihiko is the boxing character. He's rushing down. He just needs to mm. get in, right? He just needs to get in close quarters, but he doesn't really have a way to do it um, effectively without just taking a chance. So for 93 yeah. seconds, you have Naoto just, just lulling him to sleep, and the cool part is that he turns it around within like four seconds. He gets a hit <laughs> and he he yeah. destroys her, which is so cool that you can have a, a one character implement their pace and another character mm -hmm. implement the, his pace. It, it's 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 so it's so sick. I I really enjoy that clip of Akihiko coming back, you know, after not giving up for ninety three seconds and and getting those four seconds in because that's what he's good at. He's good at exploding yeah. people. Naoto is really good at. You know, basically making you fall asleep until she gets you. So, such a man. such a cool, uh, dude, cool exchange there. That clip, that that clip, man. He got robbed. Yeah. Yo, my man, this dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> I do, dude. Two point man. Shadow burst so bust. He could do, but he could do, do that without. Uh, he could do that normally. Yeah, that's the funny thing too. Yeah, yeah, man. As long as he has the, the mirror. Stuff, he could have just done one more burst instead of Shadow Frenzy, and he would have killed her. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, man. Do they have one more? Uh, one more cancels when they have uh, in Shadow mode, or do they? I don't what know. do you like? One more burst or cancels? 
Yeah, one more, uh, one more burst no. or whatever. I don't you know. either have to no, use no. burst or shadow frenzy. You can't use both. Okay. okay. Yeah. But instead of going at the oh, cool. instead of going to the shadow frenzy, he could have just done one more burst. She would have went up in the air, and he could have done super super. Um, she would have died regardless. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So one thing I will say that was, I guess, uh, man, if only that game had rollback. But like one thing I will say that or was cool about, uh, and I know, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Of uh, Persona was just the fact that. I remember one time some dude they were streaming like a tournament and they said this dude this dude said this is like Marvel anime man and like the thing about Persona is that characters there is like this is the one thing I like about the game that I don't see in a lot of other of the anime games but you have a lot of different amounts of damage mm-hmm. with each character and I like that type of stuff it makes it so that certain things you have to look out for when it comes to certain characters uh because of what they can do that can cause their huge damage or sometimes just low damage in the Oki. So there's so many times in like uh, Persona where this character can probably do 80% of their health given the right circumstances. And that type of stuff I like with so many variable. It's very chaotic. I like the chaotic nature of the game. Yeah. Where some games it's not like that. It's very like fair, you yeah. know. Well, like Undernight everybody does the same damage. It's just it's just yeah, how they exactly. get there, right? Is that I like the chaotic nature where it's like I don't do the same damage as you, as you. I could kill you in this one hit. It's uh, it's cool, but so- certain characters need a bunch of hits to kill. Like Naoto, mm. she can't just instant kill you. She has to get all of your fate counter, so down from twelve all the way down to zero, and yeah. it takes her a while, right? Because it it costs her meter, it costs her bullets. She has to reload, so it takes her a little bit. So she can't kill you just square one. Um, but Akihiko, man, if he has 150 meter, long three to make you explode, yeah. man. She does the same yeah. thing. She just she does the charge thing with you. Yeah, like three charges in a row, and then you get like three fists, yeah. man. Whereas like Narukami can't like for the most part, um, he doesn't do a ton of damage. Yeah. He, but he does consistent damage over multiple mm-hmm. hits uh, throughout the match to be like, damn, he's good. He can't like yeah, so. Yeah, I really like that about Persona. I feel like games had more of that before. Maybe, uh, or maybe it's just me. I don't, I don't know. know, but I mean, I, I've said it before. I, uh, it's for me when it comes to Arxis games. I don't know. I think it's like one A, one B. I think Persona Four Arena Ultimax and uh, Guilty Gear Axe and Core. I think are, are the two best ones um, all time. Those are the magnum opuses yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know which one is good. better, but I think those two games. I mean, all all due respect to Blaze Blue, all due respect to you know new newer games like Strive. Uh, those two games, in my opinion, are the best things that Arxis have ever done. Mm-hmm. All right, Pringle, I have a feeling that next week is going to be a slow week because we managed to actually fit a lot of stuff this week. Uh, had yeah. we not gotten the the Project L news. I might have yeah. done a podcast next week, but okay. since I think it's going to be a slow week because it's uh, it's the end of the month, we already gotten all of our announcements, and even if they extend their KOF beta, what else are we going to say about it? Uh, what we're going to do? Yeah. We're going to skip next week's podcast. It's going to give me a little bit of time. We can record. Uh, I can record the FGC Hollywood Plus talking about Final Final Fantasy fourteen, and then. We might run something in our Discord for that uh, Saturday, uh, maybe a tournament, maybe another lobby night, kind of kind of chill. 
And uh, we'll come back the week afterwards, uh, hopefully with more news, more stuff to talk about. So I figured that that would be a good way. I remember when we first started the show, I said, let's do three episodes in a month. We don't have to squeeze, mm-hmm. you know, Let's uh, if we don't have nothing to talk about, we don't have to force it because we have that mm-hmm. liberty. Um, so next week, I think will be a good a good one to skip. Come back next week and have like a proper show of stuff we can talk yeah. about. So um, that's what we're going to do. So not much on the horizon. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all for FGC Hollywood episode 39. What I do want to do eventually, this is way up in the future, but uh, we're getting close to episode 50. Not super close. We're 11 weeks away. Mm. I think it would be cool. Hopefully I've moved out of this basement by then. But <laughs> I think it would be cool to have uh, you and uh, Broken Wing and myself all in one podcast for episode 50, do something special. Um, and yeah, I think I think that would be really neat. So 11 weeks. I know we don't record every single week because, you know, like next week we won't. But um, once I have better internet, we'll plan something for the show, maybe have call-ins. That could be cool. People can call in. <laughs> like they didn't even call in. Take yeah. voicemails. So, uh, yeah, that's something that I would like to do for episode 50 in the, in the somewhat near future. But until then, I don't know if you have any closing words for our lovely people to listen to Hollywood, but that's pretty much it for 39. The only thing I can say is I hope we all get to play KOF. <laughs> and if not, that's it, man. see my shaggy. <laughs> yeah, yo, for real. You'll see my Finn and Jake. Let's get it. <laughs> But yeah, ladies and gents, that was FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, episode 39. We'll see you guys not next week, the week after that. But uh, until then, stay classy. Peace, y'all. Take care, y'all. Peace.